Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? The Galactic Dads Podcast, a podcast by Geeky Dads, talking about all things geek, dad life, I am the father, and beyond. Language. Welcome, everybody, to episode 91 of the Galactic Dads Podcast. Uh, we are your dad destination for all things geek, dad life, and beyond. That can include bits of dad advice for your daddy issues. We talk comics, video games, TV shows, movies, and oh, so much more. As usual, I am B, and today I am joined by my co-host, Laser Eric. What's happening, man? Good evening. How are we today? I'm doing pretty well. So long as this virtual connection that we're uh, using holds up. Yes, we are definitely riding the train of hopes and dreams and the internet tonight. So It's nothing but hope. It's nothing but hope. We, <laughs> we also uh, have another guest this evening who will be in and out throughout the show. Uh, you all may know him. His name is TK. Uh, he's one of our prime Patreon supporters, and we certainly appreciate him for it. And so much so, we said, hey, watch he's be on the show this week. Uh, so he'll be in and out. Uh, we'll talk to him a little bit later. Yeah, well, actually, Brandon. Oh, actually. There we are. I, I'm on a remote assignment right now, getting back from Alderaan. John, uh, Jedi John was there. And, of course, he had some toy sales, and then the planet blew up. So, you know, we're uh, assessing the situation, and uh, I'm currently en route back uh, to the studio. So Wonderful. Wonderful. There is, I hear that there is a plastic debris field that is at least the size of a couple of Jupiter's rings, Saturn's rings as well. Plastic uh, and beer cans. And you beer know. cans. It's the inside of his old car. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I don't even know, like, where am I at now on the show? I, I'm, I'm not even sure, but... Um, That's okay. It's a good start. I it is. I think you might have a head start for us on our beers of the week, don't you? Me? Yeah, I've got at least Maybe. three. I've got at least three. Hey, that's all right. I've got at least three, but let's talk about those beers of the week. Uh, those are good. pretty good. And uh, I'm just going to, you know, kind of ease into it here. Let's get the music started. There you go. That just feels right, doesn't it? I feel like we're back on track. Thank you for that. Feels much better. Much better. Much better. You know what, Laser Eric? Why don't you go ahead and start us off with what you've got this evening? Well, sure. So I'm uh, I'm feeling sporty here, and we've got a few uh, a few seltzers remaining. So one of them is from our good friends, the Forehands Brewing Company. We've got the Orange Seltzer Aid, sports drink inspired, orange and electrolytes. Um, it is their hard seltzer inspired by Gatorade's famous orange flavor. If you don't know what it tastes like, you've probably had too many of these and you don't remember. Four uh, percent alcohol by volume. Uh, I love these seltzers. And uh, I'm not ashamed to say it. So there you go. Excellent. That's my beer of the week. That's a very good beer of the week. We always love uh, four hands. Very delicious. Uh, I myself this week uh, just started kicking it with the Buffalo Trace, which, of course, we all know is a wonderful Ooh. bourbon. Uh, just, you know, trying to mellow out for the evening. It's a very easy sipping, smooth drinking bourbon uh, that sometimes is hard to find, but always worth it when you get your hands on it. I don't know. Absolutely. TK, are uh -huh. you drinking? 
Yeah, thank you so much, B. So uh, I actually tonight have a uh, Italian beer. It, it's 4.5%. Uh, it's Moretti. And uh, really good summer beer. You know, you can even call it a table beer if you're over in Italy because they have the large uh, liter bottle there. But uh, it's a good sipping beer, especially great for bocce night, which I'm actually right now. Uh, but yeah, now I've been enjoying that. I wish it had a, but it does have two grams of protein per bottle. That's there a you go. Thing. Get that energy. Yeah, up. it's an interesting thing to put on the can, but that's that's good. <laughs> All right, so what? Where are we at? I don't know. I think we're having some transmission difficulties from uh, deep space over in the Alderaan sector. Uh, so you have to forgive us for that. But we assume. Yeah. We assume that means we are good to move on. So we are going to go ahead and hit up uh, some of these daddy issues. Let's do it. Man, daddy issues this week are you know, rather mild, I think, uh, in comparison Actually, to, yeah. to what they have been in the past, um, which is good. I'm happy to say that. I really personally, for myself, I don't really have any. Uh, I've been playing with the kiddos a lot lately. Uh, yesterday, the daughter dressed up as her favorite Disney princess, and she hit me with a frying pan. Uh, so th- for those of you playing <laughs> the home game... That means she was dressed up as Rapunzel from Disney's Tangled. And I couldn't even be mad. She didn't hit me hard. Uh, but I was like, hey, get the frying pan out of my teeth. Uh, so that was fun. <laughs> that was fun. No no problems, no issues, though. No issues. That's good. Are you keeping the kids busy over the summer so far? You know, it's, it's funny you mentioned that because we figured uh, entertaining the children all summer is a, a great daddy issue to talk about. Um, mm-hmm. My daughter is just graduating the preschool, so she's kind of done with the normal stuff before she goes into her kindergarten, but I'm going to keep her going to uh, preschool all throughout the summer because they've essentially turned it into camp anyway. So every day she's going on field trips, which is pretty crazy. Um, she's been nice. Put- yeah, she's doing putt-putt golf. She's going swimming. She's going on creek walks, which sounds sketch, uh, but I'm going to allow it. <laughs> Um, she's doing a bunch of different parks in the area and she gets to do it with all of her friends from, from preschool. So she's happy about it. So we're definitely, um, going to keep her going and doing that kind of stuff. That's awesome. The, the, the daycares do a good job of that kind of thing. The one that the Barrett goes to, uh, they do, you know, they do some preschool, um, and post preschool field trips as well and they actually have field trips for the older kids too logan goes there during the summer as well and uh oh nice he's going fishing tomorrow and uh last week i forget what they did i think they might have just gone to a park or something last week but they'll go fishing tomorrow and then they do a few other things and stuff so they try to mix it up and keep it busy which is nice cool so breaks up the monotony a little bit yeah i was gonna say um you know i for so long i've just been like just wait just wait until my kids old enough to go to school and then I won't have to pay for daycare and stuff anymore. Uh, and then it just dawned on me. Yeah. School stops during the summer. So what do you, what do you do with the kid? Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, what do you do with the kids during the summer, man? Well, we have a good setup with the with the daycare that the Barrett goes to, and Logan actually was the first one to go there, and he went there for before and after school care. Gotcha. And basically, the way the deal worked is when we were shopping for before and after care, because the way our schedules work, we can't be there to put them on and get them off the bus every day. We just can't do it. Um, we found this place and you know, we pay our weekly tuition for him and we pay that during the summer as well. But the deal is he's got a place to be on every day that, you know, every day before and after school. And then during the summer, he's got a place to be every day uh, while school is out. And that also accounts for the days that school closes for various reasons and, and closes early or whatever. Uh, he's always got a place that he can be, which is nice. And, and Barrett actually went to their preschool program. Oh, okay. Uh, so cool. it worked out well, you know, that, but uh, we are looking forward to uh, Barrett. Gra- well, Barrett graduated the preschool program and we are looking forward to him moving up into the school program because before and after care is a little cheaper than preschool. So we'll get a small raise in the fall, which will help offset the, uh, the big bill that we just decided we were going to sign up for here in a couple weeks. Oh yeah. That's nothing but fun. Look at that. Oh, right. There's, right. there's just in time for Keith to be like, you know, Look looking like a found footage horror film over here. Oh, which reminds me by the <laughs> way, um, for our Patreon listeners, you will be able to watch a video of this recording on the Patreon um, for all of you listening. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you don't have the Patreon access, you can fix that. You can go on over to patreon.com slash galactic dads and figure out how to be able to watch the videos and our live recordings. So definitely go check that out. Indeed. And I'm pretty sure if TK were talking, he would tell you how awesome that is because he watches the live recordings as one of our oh, Patreon it's members. Best. It's just so good. <laughs> doesn't give you so much fun stuff yeah. to watch. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Can you guys hear me all right? Yeah, a little bit. We can. In and out. In and out. Yeah. All right. Yeah, we're getting there. I do apologize. There's the Bluetooth here. Yeah, that's one of the best things, too. I mean, normally when you all record, I'm in my bocce night. And uh, so I might be, you know, a couple adult sodas in and having a cigar. But see the notification, you all went live. And it's happy to interact there. So I heard the whole valent effort with Jedi John trading in his uh, Mazda two or three or whatever he wants to call it for a family car. Yeah, that was good. And then we also uh, still have our latest after hours episode that we'll be putting up shortly. Uh, You know, just try not to overwhelm you guys with quality content, but that will probably be going live this week. So anyway, back at it. Hey, yo, TK, you got any daddy issues you want to work out while you're on the show? Yeah, so you know what's really crazy <laughs> is I'll get the blue flag been, ready. Hang on. Yeah. Oh no, no, no. Nice try. Well, what do they call it over in the UK? Well, my wife and I are having pudding parties. You know. What is that? We're trying to. We're trying to have a kid. Oh, we're going okay. Through that whole okay. process. Gotcha. Yeah. You know. Um, All right. And that, that that's fun. Um, is that? But I that, guess the only daddy issues I. That's called a pudding party yeah. in the UK. Yeah. That's, um, yes, sir. I, I don't know how I feel about that. The, that might be the name of this episode. Uh, <laughs> those crazy Brits. 
Good. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, they're also the ones that call the uh, was it bachelorette parties, the hen parties. So. Oh yeah, that's... you know they always have a cute name for these kind of things. Pudding. But... As is tradition. That's like. Yeah. Oh my god. Okay. So, now, so, now so just... going back to okay. the states where we won. <laughs> where also, we won. <laughs> <laughs> Scoreboard. Scoreboard. Oh no, he's in. He's out. He's in. He's in again. Yeah, I'm back. Sorry about that. <laughs> My wife was calling. She must have had burning ears. Oh. Um, yeah, right. Uh, yeah, no. So we're going through a whole family planning process. It's been uh, interesting. Um, but I guess the only thing I've had daddy issues with is my garden. I mean, I have, we're currently growing strawberries, um, basil, Brussels sprouts, and oh man, you know, yeah, I have a lot of interference from the uh critters, <laughs> as you'd say. So, chicken wire is a good uh, mm-hmm. resolution for that, but um. Yeah, that, that's all I can contribute to this uh, segment. You know what? That is like, <laughs> that is so dad. Wire from a car battery, it's really <laughs> Do what? I said, I hear if you hook the chicken wire up to a car battery, it's really effective. Oh, God. Oh, God. That, yeah, that's, that's awesome. true. But, but, but then you have to mow over all those carcasses, and it's just, uh, no, thank you. <laughs> yeah, then yeah. you. Then yeah, you exactly. find out it was your neighbor stealing it. You find out because they're passed out in your lawn touching the fence. Oops. All right. We're good. <laughs> we're good. All right. Well, that's fun. Um, really, I mean, honestly, if you guys got some daddy issues, you can hit us up at galacticdads at gmail.com. Send us an email. We'll talk about your daddy issues. Um, what do you want to hear us talk about? Or, you know. Do we need to revisit some of our previous daddy issues from previous episodes? So definitely hit us up there. But in the meantime, I think we're ready and there's lots to talk about. So we're going to go ahead and talk about TV shows. There is so much on TV right now. I mean, a yes. ton of stuff. Um, I mean, it's really easy to almost forget everything that we're being blessed with at this moment. Uh, let's just go ahead and run, yes. run through it real quick. We just finished Moon Knight, like that just finished. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we've got Kenobi, which premiered for Celebration, yes. right? Which was awesome. Uh, still awesome. The fourth episode just dropped. Uh, and then we still have another wonderful uh, TV show that we're all really big fans of, uh, and that's The Boys. The Boys Season 3 just premiered. They dropped the first three episodes last Friday, and oh my God, did they really, really drop some stuff. So we're going to talk about that. Um, but then Oof. there's also yeah. something else just Andrew. dropped. Something else just dropped this week, and that is the first episode of Miss Marvel. Uh, is already out on Disney Plus. So um, Disney is busy just flooding us with incredibly awesome content. And I'm not mad about it. I'm really not. Um, actually, actually, everything I just no, mentioned, no, except for the boys. <laughs> it could be way worse. We could be in a drought, uh, which sucks. I think the last time we felt anything close to a drought was probably 
during the beginning of the pandemic when everything got shut down and it halted all this production schedules. Uh, but I really feel like Disney plus has made up for mm-hmm, it. Right. Um, and then of course in MCU and the rest of star Wars and everything is really filling the gaps now. Um, and HBO max is also really stepping up their game with all their DC properties. So we, we've got lots to watch in Amazon. Ain't no slouch. Uh, so let's talk about it Mm-mm. real quick. We'll just do Kenobi while we have TK here uh, because TK, you were, yes. you were in a galaxy not so far away uh, called California for Anaheim and you were at star Wars celebration with Jedi John. Uh, so were you, yeah, I had to pick up his bar tab a lot. Mm. <laughs> Thoughts and prayers, bro. Thoughts and prayers. <laughs> Enjoy retiring at 89. So anyway, um, right. Were you there? Did you get to see the premiere of Kenobi at celebration? So if you, um, which I think their episode dropped today on the force dyad, your, uh, uh, sister podcast. Mm -hmm. So what really cool is Jedi John got to go to a panel, um, kind of like the opening Kenobi panel. And, uh, part of the, uh, treat for that was he got tickets to go to the premiere for uh, the first two episodes of Kenobi. Well, he had an extra ticket, and it was only right for his co-host, uh, <laughs> Obi Sean, to accompany him. So I um, I got to watch it, you know, two hours later. But um, Jedi John and Obi Sean got to enjoy the red carpet, you know, got their photos with Getty's images and, um, you know, uh, all those other fun, you know, just celebration they got to enjoy it and they talk about their their experience on their podcast but uh but man the next day though at celebration they had all the costumes and armor from the main characters of the first two episodes they got to see so fast and they kind of had that's so fast that's a hell of a fan base oh no it was, oh, it was oh, like right. part of the exhibit okay gotcha yeah yeah okay. yeah so so they, they had this all at the celebration stage you walk the red carpet, you know, John did a couple chugs and then went in and uh, watched it, cheered on. And then um, the next day, Obi Sean and myself got to take pictures in front of the, the fake red carpet. You know, we got the, uh, the scraps of it in a sense, but, um, but the environment around this, the environment around celebration after you watch those first two episodes, you're so excited. And, I don't know if you guys are going to go into the full four episodes that are now available on Disney Plus, but my goodness, what a great series so far. I know it has its, uh, you know, Star Wars fans are never happy, but (laughs) as an adult fan of Star Wars, especially one that, you know, was in their formative years when the uh, prequels came out, Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan, he he plays a role perfectly. He really does. And I mean, quite honestly, it's, we're very lucky to have actors who are attached to a property and a character that get to endure for that long. I mean, you know, realistically, Phantom Menace dropped in 99, and here it is in 2022, and we still have Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan. And, you know, that's the better part of 23, 24 years now. Uh, and he's oh, like, he's aging in to the character, the Ben that we knew from episode four, the new hope, right? Like it's, it's just incredible in how fortunate we all are as fans, even though 
you're right. There are a lot of Star Wars fans are, are never happy for whatever reason. Uh, but I feel like we're incredibly lucky to be alive at this time that we are, which I think is just this incredible golden age of entertainment uh, from from all the avenues that we receive it. But to be able to watch a specific actor grow along with this character throughout the prequels and now into whatever we want to call the Disney Plus era of Star Wars, um, it's it's very cool to see them begin connecting all the stories. It's been phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, you can even call it like the silver screen era of Star Wars because a lot of this, they are coming out like TV series, limited series, etc. cetera. Um, it kind of a good parallel too is if you remember Harrison Ford, after he did mm-hmm. Star Wars, he really, he had critiques of the script. Uh, I mean, we all know, well, the nerds know, uh, he was a carpenter on set and then started reading lines with Mark Hamill and then found that role. And then he does the role, but then, you know, he more embraces Indiana Jones or any of those awesome Tom Clancy movies. And and his Jack Ryan. That's right. Get off my plane. That's (laughs) right. Uh, Was that Air Force One? Yeah, uh, yeah. What was the other one? Um, Clear and Present Danger? No, 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 that's Denzel. But anyway, yeah, so uh, we're familiar with the types of movies you're talking about, but... But, but yeah, like to see him as an actor, you know, he kind of stepped away from the Star Wars fan base and lore. Um, Ewan had that opportunity. I mean, when he made those movies, he... Those movies got hounded by the critics. Oh, the prequels uh, I know we, were rough for critics. Yeah, and, and, and we'll kind of talk about that later with Jurassic World. Um, the, the critics are just slant, slamming that, and uh, what Ewan and then Hayden realized too. I mean, they were making a show for that that impressionable generation. You know, my age. You know, that early teens, um, young kids, early teens who are now twenties to mid thirties. Um, we those are our those are our that's our trilogy. That's what we grew up on. True. I mean, obviously, the script. You know. <laughs> Yeah, I, work, but I don't know that as a, um, you know, as a, an elementary school kid moving into middle school at the time that the prequels were coming out, I don't know that I was ready for galactic politics, which is heavily what the script was relied on. But it was still so cool to see any of the Star Wars stuff anyway, because, you know, some of our fathers were like, hey check out star Wars and you're like, cool. Like, you know, there's Yoda and laser swords and stuff. And then you start watching the, the prequels and the Phantom Menace. there's pod racing, which you're like, okay. Uh, but then also there's Darth Maul and his dual ended lightsaber. And you're just like, that is unbelievably cool. Uh, <laughs> so well, yes. Wait, when, when you saw it for the first time, I mean, my goodness, that and uh duel of the fates, that whole sound. Oh my oh, goodness. Yeah. That was, it gives amazing. you goosebumps. Which is crazy because of all of the Star Wars movies, and I'm going to go ahead and say it, including the the sequel trilogy, that one's my least favorite. Um, and I think TK has just bounced out, but Laser Eric is back. Uh, but I can't hear him because he is muted on his thing. So we'll, we'll take a look at that. Yeah. Oh, we got some daddy issues. Okay, I think I got it. There he is. He's back. Gotta love daddy issues. Can you hear me? Yeah, no, I hear you. I hear you. We lost right, uh, we lost TK, that. but that's okay. Uh, but TK okay. is popping back in. Here we go. There he is. Hey, there, there you is. go. I love the uh, the internet. Sorry, the old code I used for the Imperial 
I didn't it's an old code, old, but, but it's it no longer check checking out. out. Yeah, that's right. No, sir. I'm sorry. It's you my do wife look... is having a uh, girls night and uh, making sure I'm home. I'm like, yes, I'm home. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, there you go. Well, welcome back. Thank you. Anyway, so uh, sorry. I apologize. I had to step off for a second, but I, I was following your uh, you guys' conversation, and uh, I'm right there with you. the The prequel trilogy came out when I was in high school, uh, and finished up when I was in college. So, getting this this show is kind of a a fan service show to me. Oh yeah, and I like a great deal I, and i think that's where you might get some division among the fans because you have some fans that don't see it the same way because of age gaps or whatever uh but i don't really care what they think because i really enjoy this show um 10 year old leah is adorable i and i don't yeah. absolutely <laughs> love the spirit of 10 year old leah because she is exactly what you would expect that princess to be especially at that age absolutely yes and i don't know what, what everybody's saying like you know it, it doesn't feel like the right character or whatever or 10 year olds don't behave this way none of them must <laughs> be, none of them must be parents or hang yeah, around right? a 10 year old uh girl especially a 10 year old girl who comes from any type of like privilege or you know background of any type of entitlement uh, i have a have they seen game of thrones Oh, let's uh, hopefully not the same. My God. Uh, although she does, she does meet Luke a little later and uh, we have for like a moment, there's a kiss, but other than that, it's not the same. But anyway, like I don't know what the big knee jerk reaction to Leia is. I, I have no idea uh, because I think she's incredibly well done and she's doing the type of things that you would expect a 10 year old to do. She's impulsive. She's brash. Um, she's getting in trouble and then that trouble leads her into like more real danger, which is a wonderful, you know, call to action for, for Obi-Wan, uh, which I think fits beautifully. She like every time I watch the show and I I apologize for interrupting you, but now you're not that every time I watch the show, (laughs) you're right. But, um, every time I watch the show, I can't help but think like when I see Leia, I was like, I, I see my son's attitude in her. Yeah, I love that. I I think I think that makes it even better for me. Um, I have to agree because it's along the same lines of she's just a more well-spoken version of my daughter now. Right, right, exactly. That's it. Yeah, Yeah. one of the the early parallels I love too with uh, the actress and how they're writing her, writing Leia in the show, is her droid Lola or L O L. Oh yes, and. I saw this post uh, today, actually. Carrie Fisher, when she was at a young age, actually had a pet bird um, named, named Lola. Lola. Yeah. yeah. I thought that was awesome. I saw that, My too. goodness. What a great, yeah. I thought that was great, but I also think it was really smart on the writer's part to go ahead and establish the link between Leia and droids. You know, where where people say things like, you know, why are you even talking to them? Leia's like, well, what if they have something to say? which I thought was just like 100%. wonderful because that really establishes that connection that she seems to have right off the bat in episode four with R2-D2. So it's, I think that, you know, this show is doing a lot of things to bridge a lot of gaps and things that, you know, fans 
maybe don't even know they're thinking about until it is said and brought up in the show. And then you go, oh, my God, they're bridging that gap, too. Like, that makes so much sense. Mm-hmm. Now, the only other thing I'm going to go ahead and say it about this show um, is there are things that I found myself questioning, um, such as why is Kenobi so concerned about training Luke uh, when Luke begins to show powers or whatever, when Uncle Owen is like, just forget him, let him live his normal life. And, you know, Kenobi's like, no, he needs to be trained. Uh, I'm trying to figure out why a man who has completely disavowed the, the Jedi way and has not used the Force or anything in like a decade, perhaps, why he's just so bent on training the boy and telling Owen that he needs to be trained. And the only thing that I well, could think of is because he knows that there's no option for Luke. Luke will exhibit very powerful force tendencies. And without training, he goes the route of Anakin. With training, hopefully he goes to the to the Jedi. Um, so that was the only thing I could think of. But maybe, TK, you could enlighten me a little bit on why Luke has to be trained. Yeah, so, so I think I saw, you know, Tatooine. Uh, once time was a vast sea planet. Um, then we, we learned that through the uh, Mandalorian and the book of Boba Fett, uh, through Boba's adventures with the Tusken Raiders, um, you know, lack of a better term, alien influence changes that planet into a vast sand, vastly desert planet. Uh, Owen Lars, from the famous Lars homestead, is a moisture farmer. Well, looking at the uh, economy of scales for moisture farming there's not a lot of money in it so obi-wan you know he's been out of touch with the force for quite some time now watching over luke that's his ticket out of there uh now of course mm-hmm. this is a very vague theory but there's not a lot of money in moisture farming there's apparently so, enough money in old sea creature dead body cutting uh to keep ben working for a while because all he right. seems to be doing is just cutting up a carcass all day long. He's which, just a blue-collar Jedi. Yeah. <laughs> and it seems to be abundant enough as well that his bosses don't notice that he's stealing from them every day. Yeah. You know, have you guys made the connection between butchers in various forms and the Disney Plus Star Wars shows? <laughs> you know what? I never thought about it till just that sentence. Yeah. That's pretty amazing. Have you guys because... thought about that? Because I have. Yeah. As soon as I saw Obi-Wan just sitting there dicing up some old-ass sushi, I was like, first of all, there's going to be sand I'll all over it. that. It's going to be all sand all over it. And then second of all, when we got reintroduced to Mandalorian in the Book of Boba Fett, it was one of the darkest, most violent butcher shop scenes I have ever seen in Star Wars. Actually, at that time, it was the only violent, dark butcher scene I'd seen in Star Wars. Uh, so now I'm like sensing this like recurring theme of like tattooing heroes apparently do any type of butcher work they can get their hands on. And then they take in a young one that they must then drag across the galaxy right for whatever purpose or reason. Like I'm like now that I'm saying this out loud, I'm just thinking like Star Wars has one template of the story they can tell on Disney Plus and we just keep getting it over and over in recycled versions now. Well, knife play is therapeutic, I guess. I don't know. I I do know a couple of things about owning swords, but we mentioned that on a previous podcast at the con. We did. We did. That was uh, the con is on. 
So if you guys are interested in that, you get to jump into our backlog and listen to those episodes. That was uh, from our very first QuadCon where we live recorded, which was awesome. But anyway, let's... how I bought a Zelda sword. Anyway. <laughs> now people are like, tell me more about the Zelda sword. We don't have time. We don't have time. Okay. <laughs> and the Orkana of time, whatever. But let's just jump back into it. Um, as far as Kenobi is going, how did you guys feel about meeting the Inquisitors? Because for me, that was something leading up to the premiere of Kenobi that I was probably the most excited for because I wanted to see what they looked like live action. And it's literally like the opening scene of Kenobi episode one that you, you get to meet three of them. Uh, so what, what were your guys' takes on that? And I'll go ahead and I'm going to start with uh, Laser Eric if you just want to go ahead and, and tell us how you felt. Yeah. So with the Inquisitors, I, I'm with you. I, I was excited to see them in live action. Uh, having played Jedi Fallen Order, had having, you know, seen the animated series and things like that, um, you know, I was definitely excited to see these characters in live action. I love the infighting yes. between all of them. Uh, I think that adds a really cool layer. I think it's it, you don't. I don't recall seeing that in anything else the Inquisitors are in. Uh, so that that's really satisfying to me because they're supposed to be evil. And they're all evil in their own way, and they're all ambitious in their own way. Um, the um, the third sister, Reva, she's fantastic. Um, she's fantastic. She's a great character. Uh, she has her motivations. Uh, she has her you know her opportunity to to further herself and further advance her career the way she wants to, um, and she's taking advantage of it, and mm -hmm. uh, and she's doing a hell of a job. And uh, I'm impressed. Her scenes with, uh, you know, with Darth Vader, um, you don't get a lot of people that share the screen with Darth Vader. And I feel like even in the last episode, um, you know, without giving any spoilers away or anything, I know it's pretty, still pretty fresh off it's the press. It's really fresh. But, um, you know, those yeah. scenes with, with those two in it, when Vader's chastising her and she's, you know, she's going toe to toe with the baddest man in the galaxy. And um, that's that's a strong character, and and I'm impressed, and I'm looking forward to seeing the eventual duel between her and Obi Wan because I just feel like that's going to happen in the next episode, probably. I'm going to agree with that, but before I jump in on that, because I have thoughts, uh, let's go ahead. TK, seeing the Inquisitors live action first time, what do you what do you think? Oh man, I for anyone who watched Rebels, you know Grand Inquisitor. Oh my goodness, what a strong character. And Rupert Friend does a great job portraying him. Um, you know, not to repeat information, Grand Inquisitor was a Jedi Temple guard uh, and then turns Inquisitor. Uh, Eric hit it on right, the uh, nail on the head there. There's a lot of infighting between the fifth brother, third, bro uh, third sister, and of course the Grand Inquisitor and the fourth sister too. You kind of see that struggle for power. They're all trying to be in Vader's favor. Uh, you're all trying to make the boss happy in a sense, but it seems like Reva Reva has a uh, you know, say subplot, you know, to get Kenobi. Uh, we we need to see, still need to see that story. Um, from a plot line, we do see the Grand Inquisitor and in the Rebels um, series was supposed to take place after Kenobi, um, and I've seen some things too where the species that the Grand Inquisitor is what he is, is they have they have two stomachs 
<laughs> yeah, so, so so like can that, be... that that's a theory, yeah. Okay. Can he really be dead? Uh but you know, it is what it is. I'm not gonna theorize past that, but seeing that, especially seeing the um uh Fortress Inquisitus on that last episode, oh my goodness. What uh what a powerful scene. That whole you know, not to spoil anything, my that was excellent. That was portrayed very well. Uh, it's on a planet that's a moon to, well, it's on a planet. It's a moon to Mustafar. Oh, my system. God. That's so cool. That's so Ooh, cool. Yeah. It, oh. It's just, I, I'm so happy where the series is going. I it's know like, there's a lot of critiques to it, but my goodness. It's like Vader on a throne, which, by the way, I like because, you know, I grew up with, you know, Vader being Vader, but also it makes me, for some reason, think of Skeletor in masters of the universe and Skeletor had skull mountain. And I just feel like like a villain of that level needs that lair, that insidious hideout. And now Vader has his, like you get to see it on screen. Uh, I know we've experienced it and I'm pretty, I not 100%, but I'm pretty sure it's comics and stuff beforehand, especially, but it's, it's been established now on screen and I love it. And it's wonderful to see. Um, Vader has the high ground now. <laughs> he said it. It's true, and he does. Let's talk about not going to make that mistake twice. <laughs> let, let's talk about that real quick. Then, if Vader has a high ground now, he certainly is much more powerful and a force to be reckoned with. And he scares Obi Wan. Um, but before we talk about that confrontation that we got in the third episode between Vader and Obi Wan. I want to talk about the end of the second episode of Kenobi where it's confirmed to, to Obi-Wan for the first time that yes, Anakin Skywalker is still alive. He is Vader. And, you know, seeing Ewan on screen as Kenobi coming to terms with that and realizing that it is definitely true because he has felt it in the force. He knows Anakin's not really dead. He just, knows that something's off and then having it confirmed by Reva is, is huge. Like that, I think is one of the defining moments of the series for good reason. It's like, very haunting. It is. And how, like, how did you guys feel about that particular scene? Yeah. Eric, I'll just start. I mean, I was saying very haunted. Like you see Obi-Wan, Ewan does such a great job dealing with the PTSD of, the the prequels in a sense you see the revenge of sith that whole thing play out uh he, he's not as powerful as he once was and having that just overlap his psyche you see him deal with that and just have that fear of anakin the fear of failing his padawan just sit front and center uh, with anything he does and uh it's just such a powerful powerful moment in that series you, you see it just play out on screen perfectly. I honestly, if I, I can jump in real quick with TK is I don't know what's worse for Obi-Wan. Is it the, the thought, the fear that he failed his, his Padawan so completely that he is essentially responsible for his death in the pits of Mustafar or what's worse that his Padawan becomes the most evil feared Sith in the entire galaxy. Like, Honestly, I think oh, it, I yeah. think in that moment it is the realization that not only had you failed, and uh, the the good person that you knew and loved and tried to tried to farm up as the next great Jedi, 
failed so completely and so miserably that not only does he cease to be, he becomes the most feared Sith in the entire galaxy. I think that is the moment where you really see how utterly defeated that Obi-Wan is. And it, it is in that moment. Um, so sorry. Yeah, yeah. It, I just wanted to mention that. No, hundred percent. That's what drives him to, you know, kind of be a helicopter parent over Luke. Mm-hmm. And then unfortunately looks at Leia, you know, should be also a guardian of Leia as well, but really focuses on Luke because he's on the same planet. Uh, but it, you know, doesn't want to have that, that same level of failure because I mean, he pretty much the way that he failed Anakin brought down the whole Jedi order. It brought down the galaxy. I mean, yeah, yeah. Honestly, the galaxy. Yeah. And a macro site. Yeah. hundred percent. I'm sorry. Uh, Eric, you had thoughts. Yeah. So Obi-Wan, he's in a no win scenario because up until Sounds that like moment, go ahead. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. But up until that moment, he was living with the fact that he killed his former apprentice Mm -hmm. and, you know, he he didn't want to do it. And, and, you know, his actions led to to all of this stuff. And then in that moment of realization, he had to have some conflicting emotions because on one hand, a guy like that with feelings like that, honestly, he probably, whether he wanted him or not, he was probably relieved that Anakin wasn't dead. True. And so, so he's got the guilt of feeling that way after all of the terrible things that have happened. Um, but then he's also got the knowledge that, you know, he did not fail successfully previously. Uh, you, you know, he, he didn't kill Anakin. And, you know, it was, it was his mistake in not killing him that has led to the rise of, of Darth Vader, this horrible, horrible, you know, being and everything. Um, but I do think that there's also a piece where he probably feels a measure of, we'll call it guilt, because he's not all that disappointed that Anakin's still alive. I know if I was in his shoes, I, don't, I think I'd probably be that conflicted as well. No, it's a huge area of, of contention within him. Um, and I think you can see it, especially in the third episode, uh, because, you know, he... He's currently hiding. Well, I'm sorry. The fourth episode is now live. But in the third episode, he's hiding with Leia and ready to, you know, try and run away. But Vader shows up on the planet. He's outside in the town. And Obi-Wan gets to see him in action. And Vader is, I will say this, this is the moment uh, in the Disney Plus show where I know, like, the, hey, they're not scared to go dark. Like, go darker. Right. Because Vader's just walking through town maliciously snapping necks dragging people out and killing them very visibly for the public to see and it's the in my opinion it's the first time that you see just how dark vader is i know in the comic books like it's been explored but you know aside from the scene in rogue one at the very end which is arguably one of my favorite moments in all star wars i don't know what that says about me oh yeah but when when dark very dark. I'm sorry. This is what I'm geared towards. Um, but when Vader is at the end of Rogue One, just absolutely trouncing the guards and, and security and stuff. And I mean, just maliciously going through them. And you're just like, God, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Right. 
that's one feeling because, you know, for so long we've seen Vader and what Vader can do, and he's really not incredibly graceful. He's not, he doesn't have the movement that Obi-Wan did earlier or that he did as Anakin in the prequels. I mean, now he is a tank. He's a, he's mechanical and, and that's by design. He has to be because that is what he has to work with. But now that you see him just walking through a village and using the force to drag innocent people out windows and strangle them and snap their necks just to elicit a response from the surrounding crowd, you you get this full sense of just how evil, just how it's like ambivalent towards every creature around him that Vader actually is. And I think that's good to see in this show because you know in in the original trilogy you're like yeah vader's bad he's bad he chokes people but he doesn't choke anyone to death right like i mean yeah i mean it's kind of funny too you see like in in the you know the original trilogy kind of uses like two fingers or something like that but then when you're watching kenobi he uses his whole hand just yeah he's absolutely there like he's snapping necks and cashing checks like he does not care and uh it's like it's like it's uh jason Voorhees going through a summer camp it (laughs) nailed it nailed it Uh, but you know the only the only difference is is to eric's point is you see like this guilt that obi-wan has because obi-wan is there and he you can tell a part of him wants to combat that that evil because as we know from episode one of Kenobi, Jedi always betray themselves because they can't help what they are. And he's there and he's like, Leia, just run, Mm -hmm. go with her, run. And you can tell part of him wants to combat this, but he also knows that he is in no shape to, to even fight this evil. He is way out of his depth. And so that leads to the battle between Darth Vader and Kenobi in the third episode of Kenobi uh, and I myself personally, I, I felt underwhelmed until the fire started and Vader pulled his move. And I was just like, this is not what I expected. Like that is hateful what he did. So I, I yeah, if your kid, if your, if your kids are watching and cover their eyes right there, cause that was intense. Yeah. He turned Kenobi into the English patient and it was rough. Um, but you know, <laughs> I, it, it could have been worse. He could have abandoned him, um, in, in the, the fire pits of Mustafar, but no, what he did was he recreated that pain and used the force to drag him through it and hold him there, which was incredible. And then even worse, he relents and lets him escape because he knows how weak he is and it's more fun for Vader to go find him again, to continue stamping out the rest of the Jedi because he knows Obi-Wan is a beacon, right? To remaining Jedi. And why would you kill that? Why would you kill the best bait in the galaxy when you can maim it and let it live for another day and continue doing your job? So I don't know that the scene where they actually fought, I thought was just kind of so underwhelming. Actually, here's why I thought you guys remember that movie heat. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, when uh, Al Pacino and Robert De Niro are going through the airfield and, like, the lights are changing and stuff. And, like, that's... And they're shooting shotguns at each other and they're, like, in the dark and they're so far away that they're not hitting anything. Absolutely. That's kind of what I felt 
while these lightsabers were moving around blocks in this mining area. I was like, there's no real danger here. It's just really good for, um, you know, a viewing effect. And then all of a sudden, Vader was like, okay, I'm done. Let's go. And then he he lights a fire, and he, he puts Owen on the Barbie. I'm sorry, Ewan, but yeah. I meant Obi-Wan. So that was, I mean... I wasn't really ready for that type of pain <laughs> to be inflicted on Obi-Wan, but, you know, it, I think and it really sets up just how far um, Kenobi's story is willing to go on Disney+. Plus. And, I mean, I am surprised at how, how dark Disney's willing to push it. Yeah, because, I mean, you kind of saw that with, like, um, the Clone Wars, the last three episodes of the seventh season. You see the battle yeah. with... Uh, with Maul. Vader and Maul and, of course, Ahsoka uh, and Vader at the end there. Um, we got we kind of got like a taste of, you know, what could happen in a Kenobi series. Um, but, but yeah, you're totally right. You to see Anakin in his prime as Darth Vader drag this old man just through a bunch of scenarios and he realizes, like, this play thing is not worth it, you know. Uh, well, we not, kinda... Oh, go ahead, Eric. Sorry. Not just an old man, but an old man who's obviously out of practice, out of touch, and terrified at what he's seeing. Because the whole lead up to that fight is Obi-Wan is running away, mm-hmm. and Vader is not running. He's walking, and he knows he's going to catch his prey. <laughs> and... Uh, it, it was it was chilling because you know you see him walking through and he's walking through and he's looking and and then you know he'll, he'll catch up for a second and then obi-wan will duck you know he'll come out and then he'll duck back and run off for a minute and then you got vader there and you know it it, it stuck out at me not only because it's a line from one of my favorite other comic book movies but when vader just says as calm tone as anything else just said you should have killed me when you had the chance Yep, and, there it uh, is. You know, the, the part the part of that line he didn't say was, now I'm going to make you suffer for it forever. And uh, and that's what I got out of that that whole lead up. Yeah, you definitely had the, the underwhelming lightsaber fight, but it was very obviously, you know, it, it wasn't Revenge of the Sith. They weren't trying to fight each other. It was it was Vader toying with an old man who couldn't, who had no hope of winning. Well, I mean, and an I old think man who knew he had no winning. I think it's important to point out that it wasn't just an old man; it was a broken man. This yes. is this is a yes. man who is completely broken by what he has been through. Uh, and I mean, the guy lives in a cave for God's sakes, you know, and He's has been hermit. doing so for the longest time, and doesn't even speak up when he sees the smallest of injustices. When his boss is being a dick at the uh, you know at the sushi place that we talked about earlier. And so standing up to the most malevolent force in the galaxy is really out of his wheelhouse at this time. So just seeing him just collapse in front of that, I think, um, you know, it's pretty telling. And it's also pretty indicative of where we see Obi-Wan in episode four. Like, we can't forget that ultimately that's where Obi-Wan goes. So I think that the way that they kind of string this story together is well done because you're not – it's not like you're going to get the Ewan McGregor who wanted to fight Ray Park for real 
while he portrayed Darth Maul in Phantom Menace, right? Like that's like that is long gone. The the spirit of that youth is way behind him, and now he's really gone into the fear of what he has let transpire. Um, so it, I mean, it's incredibly well done. It's also really cool. By the way, I I think that there's no way that we can ignore this is anyone who has seen episode three of Kenobi. The one thing everyone says is, man, Vader sounds good. Vader sounds I was gonna, like I was going to bring that up. And I thought, you know, was, why? I thought it was really interesting because I went and I researched it because I was like, this is not Rogue One Vader, right? Like Rogue One Vader was James Earl Jones, but it's been like 40 years since the initial stuff. Hell, it's even been like 20, 25, 30 years since Mufasa, right? I mean, like James Earl Jones has, has aged. And then it, when I heard Vader in Kenobi episode three, I went, that's not the same. That is not the same at all. And then I found out it's because James Earl Jones did not record a single bit of dialogue for the Kenobi series. It is all AI, which is incredible. But because it's his voice, he does still get a credit in the credits because yeah, how could you not? Right, but, but imagine getting a check for work that you don't do. Like that's that incredibly awesome. But that's the I, dream. I mean, oh my goodness, yeah. As much as that makes me concerned for a show like ours, which is an all audio podcast, like not that anybody wants to AI develop what we do. But are we getting a check for this? Yeah, I don't know. I th- I think we might get a bill actually. But anyway, um. Actually, I do. I, I get a couple of bills each month, but that's not the point. Um, but it's be a Patreon subscribe. That's true. That's true. <laughs> hit that. Hit that like and follow button, please. Oh God, please. Right. But anyway, it's it's incredible just to see what AI could do with his voice and make him sound so original. Um, that is like it's super hard to ignore. Like you can't ignore that. Oh it, yeah. It also makes me wonder for any other character, a legacy character that we want back, like say, I don't know, any, any character whose original actor is now deceased. You say Leia. Can we get Carrie Fisher back? I think we get her back with this kind of technology. It's incredible. There's no end now to what you can do with the existing Star Wars characters. We might even get, you know, Han back. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, might. and he's yeah. not even for real gone, gone like Harrison Ford, but like we might be able to get more Han stuff back or, you know, anyone else who has passed because Star Wars has been going on for over 40 years now. Like there's, there's a lot of people who have been a part of it and are now past, but we can now get again. Yeah. I mean, we kind of saw that in Rogue One with uh Grand Moff Tarkin. Isn't it? Uh, that was incredible. Yeah. Just seeing yes, that. That was really good. I, I actually watched that last week with my wife. Re, we re, rewatched it because the first time she saw it, she hated it because everyone died at the end. Spoiler alert. But uh, <laughs> I was like, yeah, you know, it's a good story. It's amazing acting. I Things. still think Rogue One is actually one of the better Star Wars films. Uh, I just oh, think they should. I, I agree 100%. They should have titled it Don't Get Attached. Um, <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, like going in, you knew. You're like, yeah, 
none of these characters make it. And then knowing that everyone dies, they very skillfully go, all right, so you want this horrendous journey with all these characters we made you love, and then they all die. Here's Vader in that original scene that you don't get to see from episode four. And everybody's like, yeah, this is good. We're good. Yeah, we're fine. Yeah. This is fine. I don't want to see Saul Guerrero anymore. I get it. No, it's 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 good. It's good. Their their troubles mattered because uh, Lania just shoved that floppy disk inside that droid. So don't worry about it. It's good. Dirty. That it was spot on, actually. But don't yeah. worry about it. That right, does. Right. Rogue One does. Uh, I think Andor's coming out uh, pretty soon. Here we we got to kind of see the panel for it and see a little preview. Oh, that looks so exciting. Good. Um, I hope yeah. that's good. Like I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. You know, Disney has all these incredible properties to work with in the Star Wars universe, and um, as long as somebody like Dave Filoni or John Favreau are kind of involved and get to touch it just a little bit, <laughs> that's what she said. Um, it it will be good. Yeah, I mean, look at the Bad Batch. Honestly, did you see the trailer for the next season? Uh, did I see it? I was in the panel. Exactly. exactly. Here you go. Name dropping. Jedi John lent me his Jedi pass to go sit front row for the panel because I let him and Obi Sean see Kenobi together. I got to go down and sit front row for that panel. Saw a table read between D. Bradley Baker and Michelle Ong, who plays Omega. And uh, just, just, just to see, and they talk about it on the Force Dyad. I'm not going to go too much into it, but the interactions with Dee Bradley Baker switching in between characters. You see how they're setting up season two. Um, a lot of fans are probably disappointed because they're switching their armor. I know a lot of uh, cosplayers are like, oh, crap, I got to make new armor for this. Oh, yeah, 3D uh, print something new. Yeah, I make it a little more uh, summer, uh, you know, island colors. But I love, I love where they're going with it, you know, showing Omega in a more aged situation kind of as uh, Obi-Shan called it, leveling up in character. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's it's going in a good direction. Good, good. All right, well, I'm going to be completely honest with you guys. I feel like we could discuss Kenobi or Star Wars till we we're all blue in the face. But, there but is not Star Trek. Absolutely. Not, not Star Trek. Not Star Trek. I draw the line there, Eric. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, this is going to be a bit of an inside joke, but I... Um, I, I've got to ask Eric, uh, did you enjoy the uh, the pictures of the conversation that the Genghis Khan and I had about uh, Star Trek? That was pretty hilarious. Yeah. And uh, given the state of certain Star Trek shows right now, I think it's even more hilarious. But uh... Really, really enjoyed that. So uh, TCAM, i give you a little bit of insight. So you know how... Um, there's a website that starts with a P ends in hub and they do lots of parodies on all sorts of popular things. Uh, and one of them, Oh yes, I've heard of that. Yes. One of them apparently was star Trek related, but it seemed to be an episode uh, with all females. Uh, if you understand what I'm going at, um, they had a bald Picard. They had <laughs> no, no, no. It was all O'Hara's if you will. Uh, I don't know. Help me out here. I'm not. I'm not great with Star Trek references, but anyway, um, sure. It's just 
<laughs> so it was just a picture of uh, two women in Star Trek uniform. There were red shirts. Okay, if that helps. Uh, and they seem to be in some type of moment of interaction. Uh, and we'll start coming up with new names for Star Trek based upon that. And uh, I was pretty proud of what I came up with. I said, uh, you know, Star Trek, the next penetration. Uh, Star Trek, um, <laughs> Deep Space 69. Uh, also, there was uh, Star Trek Voyage Her. Uh, like that, you know, like we, we all had fun doing that. So, um, you know, so, I feel so, like that. So, can I energy, can I can give a title here. You might have to blue flag it. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Star Trek, The Last Finger. Oof. No, that doesn't even need, you know, you know, I, well, I mean, you know, yeah, you know, those red shirts, they, they yeah. always die first. Yeah, that's true. Gotta, uh, <laughs> actually, you gotta uh, live the moment. This red shirt was ready to dive first um there was also uh, <laughs> yes yes yeah uh there's also star trek first contact which i believe um still oh, fits excellent uh what we have uh, <laughs> star trek the wrath of um strap on and then uh you know it just goes on from there so we're done with that let's go ahead we're excellent we're, we're gonna rise above this and we are going to talk about let's take the high ground now that's absolutely as we sit on the moon of Mustafar. Uh, let's talk about the boys real fast. But TK, have you seen? Yeah, that's the high ground. That is the <laughs> low ground. Yeah, speaking of butchers, right? Oh, my Perfect God. Segue. So are you completely caught up, episodes one through three of season three? My goodness, yes. Okay, here wow. we go. I know Eric has seen it because he, uh, while he was yep. watching it, just texted the group chat, are you serious? Oh my god! Yeah, that that first episode, I actually so like when that started, I actually turned it off. I'm like, now nah, I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna pause on this, and then I was like, no, I can't do that. It's not that bad. I come, I get back on there, and I was like, oh Jesus Christ! It's dude. worse. Like, it is worse than I thought it in. would be. Yes. Yes. So um, but it's fun. <laughs> I was laughing because um, it was just unbelievable. Uh, so for listeners, if you guys are not familiar, you're probably going to want to go ahead and skip this segment because there's no way we cannot talk about a particular scene. Um, I went online, did a little researching. Turns out that for that first episode, that um, apparatus, that appendage, that was very large was actually constructed it was 10 feet tall and 30 feet long it's gonna be at comic-con you know next month you and jedi johnny guys gonna explore it together i will 100 percent crawl through that dick 100 (laughs) just don't sneeze yeah don't sneeze and i cannot end up in a bag of coke um to be kinker bell if you will a uh, little booger yeah. sugar, a little pecker wrecker, if you if you know what I mean. Ant Man gone wrong. Um, yeah. And the, here's the thing about Comic Con: not only will they probably allow me to walk through a thirty foot dick, um, there might be the opportunity to walk through a th- uh, like ten foot tall uh, demon pussy uh, for Stranger Things. Because I don't know if you guys are watching that, but the the portals into the upside down have gone very feminine, um, in a very 
you know, evil looking way, if I can say that. Uh, but yeah, we'll stick to the boys right now, though. Let's be completely 100% honest, though. The boys immediately goes for shock effect. Um, just absolutely yes. off the rails. Yes. And for me personally, that's a huge win because that comic book pulls no punches. In fact, it, it, it goes further and further into the absurd the longer that the comic has been published, which is incredible. Um, and, of course, it's written by – my mind's blanking now. I want to say Garth Ennis, but it's not Garth. It's um, – Angela Lansbury. Yeah, no, no. Murder, Sounds she wrote. Right. That's not it. Why is that blanking on me? It's not Brian K. Vaughn. It's not Warren Ellis. Who writes the boys? Back checker. Oh, wait, I'm right here. That's you. <laughs> I'm working on it. Garth Ennis. I said Garth Ennis. I don't know why I wasn't. You did. And, Who's the uh, artist? Co-created and illustrated by Derek Robertson. Okay, Derek Robertson. Yeah. Why did I not immediately just say it was Garth Ennis? Yeah, he. You're still traveling through that ten foot penis. Yeah, I'm. I'm stuck. Let's be real. I'm, my foot slipped in the prostate. Anyway, <laughs> um, like every episode just seems to top itself. And and the one thing that I absolutely love about the boys on Amazon is just how unafraid the production team is to be like, yeah, let's do it, let's do it. Yeah. In fact, one of the hallmarks i think that we talked about one of the only scenes that they would not let them do in the first season was the scene in season two where homelander is on top of the empire state building just ferociously jacking it um you know and they were like nope can't do that and then after the first season aired and everybody responded positively to it they went yeah go ahead and throw that into season two and they did and they did it (laughs) In a wonderful way. And now you can just see they're escalating to see what they can and can't get away with. Yeah. Um, which, by the way, this is so bad and it's so wrong. But my wife laughed, and that's how I knew it was funny, was there's a scene where the deep is trying to make love to his wife. And there's an octopus on the fish <laughs> tank. And it is very clear that he is not talking to his wife when he, he's having these <laughs> moments and it's uh, like, like gary the octopus yeah and i felt so bad and so like just gross and unsettled because i was like yeah i could go for a fish stick like you know like in that moment it's <laughs> it's that bad but oh my God. you know for all of the gross out factors and all of the unnecessary gore and the over the top you know just deviant shenanigans there is still something in that show that is very character driven and somehow they prove yes. it with a very damaged homelander and an even more damaged butcher who is now dealing with a kid oh yeah like i mean <laughs> For last episode, my goodness. For all the over the top gore and the incredible shenanigans and you know everything, like even uh, the female of the species, makes you feel incredibly deeply for somebody who can barely talk, right? And and the things that she's going through, especially at Disney World or Vault World or or whatever they call it, um, Frenchie, you definitely begin to feel for again. Because, you know, his life has always been a mess. 
uh, and it continues to be a mess, and Butcher just kind of exploits that. And Huey, Huey you want to root for, but then you also yeah. root for him to fail. Because right, he, right. he does, he starts the season like so, like holier than thou, and I'm doing it the right way, and then he figures out that nope, nope, no, no, not good. <laughs> and, and Butcher yeah. just does not let him get off the hook for it, which is probably the best part. Uh, but I think that uh, a, a very hum- sorry to interject, a very humanizing good. part was um, the female. Uh, yeah, with female with of the pirates. species. Yeah. Species, yeah. The moment where she sees the uh, pianist at the party and playing, and then they have a whole scene where she's singing alongside of with the pianist, mm-hmm. and that was a daydream. Like she wants to do that. If she could speak, that was how her voice sounds. It's beautiful, but then it just the scene cuts, and you know that was all in her head, and then she gets shy, and that's it. And I walks mean, away. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that is a really powerful scene. That's still in the first episode. You're right. Mm-hmm. That's that's good. And even moving forward on that, by the time the second or third episode hits, she's at, like, Disney World, and she sees the kids. With and then, cotton candy. Oh. And then the kids witness a body exploding in front of them. And the thing for her that she connects that with is, one, that's a horrible, that's a horrendous thing for any kid to see. But now she realizes that what just happened because of her actions took the innocence of childhood away from those kids. So she Mm -hmm. made what happened to her happen to those two kids. And that was, you know, in a way, a really in-your-face because that was an unnecessarily graphic uh, incident where the person in, in the, you know, the mascot outfit was just destroyed horrifically <laughs> homelander yeah. homelander mascot Ooh. oh it, it was bad <laughs> um but you know she realizes that that's gonna affect those kids which is i think like this perfect like you know they're holding up a mirror to these superhero characters who see mm-hmm. no real consequence to their actions and then they show you the boys, which, you know, the female of the species is a part of with Butcher and Frenchie and Huey. And they see real life consequences to their actions. You know, they're yeah. not as powerful, but they see real consequences to the things they do. And especially the female of the species, she's very aware of how this is going to be a traumatic event that will be pushed on just because they were out to try and do a mission. Right, like she, and get she, and get information. That, that's it. Yeah. That was the sole purpose that's, of that mission. That's it. The only thing they were doing was trying to figure out a way to kill Homelander, and yet they just ruined all these families' lives. And she's very yeah. aware of that. They're trying to find information for Soldier Boy, um, and then the female of the species too. In one of the later episodes, talks with uh, Butcher's son, and they have a really uh, good yeah. exchange about how they both hate their powers and wish they never had them, and yeah. it really humanizes her. It does. It well, especially hers because her powers are so um they're reflective of her anger. It's like a reflex. Like when she gets really angry, it's almost like a Wolverine berserker rage, right? Like mm-hmm. her she like she just goes nuts and she's been shown ripping people's faces off and all sorts of craziness and like healing just compound fractures and things like that. But as far as like somebody like Homelander, his 
evil deeds are very, you know, just like planned and he's very aware of what he's doing. So it's like, it's kind of like, it's haunting to watch the female of the species deal with what she can do. So when she has that conversation with Homelander's son about wishing she never had powers, like it really hits home. Uh, yeah, hundred percent. And then you think about, and you're watching Butcher, right? When he takes the new compound V, right? And he, like, he doesn't want to, but he realizes it's, it, it puts him on a more level playing field. And then as soon as right. he gets any type of power, he's just right on to his Butcher ways, which in my opinion is a really good separation from the comic book. In the comics, Butcher never gets the power. But Huey does. Mm. And in the show, Butcher gets the power, and I think that that is more effective visually. Although I think, you know, Jack Quaid is pretty good at, at being an actor, and he could convey that emotion, but I feel like in this show, giving Butcher the power makes it so much more of a, a character study because he hates soups for being soups. And now he's mm-hmm. lowered himself to the level of being a soup to fight that battle. And he's going to hate yeah, himself I, for it and, and pay the personal yeah. you know, cost that it's going to take on his body. It, it also makes that scene too. I mean, before he takes it or we know he takes it, that scene with, with him and Homelander, you know, they're just talking about like, Hey, this is kind of boring. Let's uh, find an end game to all this. Yes. That I thought was a very that powerful was- scene. Yes. Because it it kind of told you a couple of things about each character uh, that were, you know, very difficult to avoid. Because you know at some point there's going to be, they're going to come to a physical confrontation. I mean, the very first still that you see of The Boys Season 3 before you watch the first episode is Butcher with, like, lasers coming out of his eyes. You know he's powered up. So you know that's coming. It's it's unavoidable to the viewer. So to see them talk about it in a very civil discourse, which, by the way, I think is the most scary part. Whenever Homelander just calmly talks to somebody, it's... It <laughs> you is, don't know what's going to happen. It is by far the scariest thing he could do because it would be much more easy for him to just level an entire building and be covered in blood. And you're like, yeah, that's messed up, but you know that's what he's doing. It's the dread when he's calmly sitting there just talking to you. Like, he yeah, is it, it, almost as scary as Mr. Edgar when Mr. Edgar does it. Oh, wow. Yeah, that, that's a very good point. And we'll probably get to this later here. But that whole scene with him in the deep at the, den- the dinner scene. Oh, yeah. My goodness. That was so... That was... I mean, Ugh. that was a scene where he... <laughs> Homelander forced the deep to eat Gary the octopus, right, which we talked about already, who was in the tank while the deep was making love to his wife or whatever. But the the particular scene where you can hear what Gary the octopus is saying as the deep mm-hmm. begins to eat him is absolutely, it was like heartbreaking. And your heart Yeah, he's broke. praying for his life. and He's praying oh now. Yeah, he's praying. But you're watching this like you can't hear. And this is why it was so effective. You can't hear Gary the Octopus. You just hear the deep saying what he's doing. And, and then his wife was like, you need to eat it. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, that was rough. 
that eat them, eat them deep. Yeah. And you're just like, damn, Homelander is just tremendously awful. Yeah, and Homelander is at a stage now where he he's on care. He, he's very unhinged, and what's so funny is what brings him back are the ratings. Yes, you know he goes like he goes off the deep end, lack of a better term, and then he gets a report from Vought going, "Oh, your numbers are up." <laughs> he's driven by that. That gives him a purpose, which is insane, but it also tells you a lot about the character. Yeah, he's a very shallow character. Like he doesn't yeah. have, whereas Butcher has very strong morals. Like, as, as much as Butcher is just a murdering sociopath, and he is, there's no way around it, he does have a very entrenched code of morals. There is right and wrong to Butcher, and these soups are very clearly in the wrong. So what's mo- the most interesting part about this season is that he's now kind of starting to gray that a little bit. And he, he does it in two mm-hmm. ways. One, in him taking the V24 or the next level of Compound V. And two, in the way that he cares for Homelander's son, which is, you know, his his wife, Becca's son. Um, the way that he cares for that boy and makes that connection really shows him just kind of graying his black and white compass, which is, I think, really impressive. And then they show how flawed a character he is as he messes those things up as well um but even still i i'm just ready for more of the boys season three and i don't think you can top walking into a 30 foot penis uh but i bet (laughs) i bet they'll do it oh my god yeah they're gonna try yeah hard i don't even think i think they're actually going to do it i think they're gonna be like just wait just wait yeah yeah I, I remember the first season I had my wife watch the first episode with me. And then when Huey's uh, girlfriend at the time gets uh, completely run through by a train, a train. She's yeah. like, yeah, this is not for me. I go, I will continue on for our family. I must watch this. <laughs> I remember I watched that very first episode and I was excited for it. And as it progressed, I was like, this is some CW love story crap. Like, I am not interested in this. This isn't the arrow. What is this? And then all of a sudden, Huey's <laughs> girlfriend just mystifies into blood and guts, and he's just holding her wrist stumps. And I was like, what just happened? All right, I'm going to watch the show because it just went nuts from there. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Either way, I'm very pleased with season three so far, and I'm excited to see what comes. And we get a new yes. episode tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. New episodes yes, on Friday from Amazon Prime. Yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing how it progresses. I wasn't as heavy into the first two seasons as as like you were, Brandon. But Absolutely. I loved it. I really, really enjoyed the the first part of season three. Like I'm it's on my list. It's on my rotation, which that rotation's getting a little heavy, but uh it is. We're gonna make it work. Well, I was sitting there and okay. I was like, is this an episode of Honey I Shrunk the Kinks? Like, what is this? <laughs> yeah. Oh, goodness. All right. You guys ready to move on to movies? We only have small news there, and then we'll hit up yeah, video games cool. real quick and then uh, keep it moving. Let's do it. Yes, sir.
All right. So let's talk about these movies real fast. Now, Laser Eric, you put together today's agenda. So let's talk about what did you see this week that has you excited? So um, I, I'm not going to go so far as to say I'm excited, but the Black Adam trailer dropped. Uh, and it, it certainly did. I watched did. it. Mm-hmm. I um, I'm whelmed. I'm not underwhelmed, but it didn't really it didn't really grab me. I guess. Um, I know this is this is Dwayne Johnson's passion project. Um, I I don't know, and maybe it's because I don't know the character. Uh, Brandon, I'm hoping you can help me out on this and and kind of kind of bring me along for the ride a little bit, get me up to speed here. What did you think of it? You know, it was cool to see a little more of Black Adam in action and uh, just how far they were going to go with the character. Traditionally in the comic books, Black Adam is, he's not a good guy. Um, He is Mm -hmm. essentially, he's a murdering supervillain. And um, it almost looks like this movie is going to go the route of an anti-hero. But that's also, that's really not Black Adam either. He is a full-blown villain. So I'm not sure just how far this this movie is going to go. I mean, you get to see the full-blown JSA, uh, including Dr. Fate, which I think is incredibly well cast as Pierce Brosnan. Uh, you can see Adam yeah. Smasher and a lot of other you know traditional JSA characters, which I think is great. But what I think they'll end up doing is battling Black Adam uh, after trying to recruit him once they realize just how far gone he is as a character. And, um, you know, the trailer just seems to be more of The Rock being The Rock. I was kind of surprised there wasn't a scene where Kevin Hart was yelling at him. Uh, there is a little <laughs> bit of humor uh, in it. Um, but I don't know. Like, I'm not sure. Because uh, one, yeah. one of the latest DC movies that, came out was shazam and shazam is very close related to black adam uh, except for shazam gets his powers from greek gods whereas black adam's powers come from more egyptian gods um and i don't moon knight yeah exactly kind of like moon knight but on a scale much higher uh whereas moon knight gets powers through khonshu um we're talking osiris Actually, no, because they all still match the Shazam acronym. Uh, and I, I forget all their names. But um, I don't know. Like, Black Adam seems to have a lot of powers. He he has all the powers of Captain Marvel or Shazam, uh, but seems to wield them much more efficiently and much more violently uh, with a lot less regard to human life. So, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't know how I feel about this movie, actually. The only other, I don't either. The only other thing that I'm kind of not loving is it seems that the DC extended universe has a motif with their costumes. Mm-hmm. Um, and for some reason, there's always like this hyper texture, like undercurrent to the the costumes. Like Superman had a lot of like texture to his suit. Batman did. Uh, for Batflick, and now Shazam and um, Black Adam also have that really textured costume that I feel is unnecessary, and you get to see it for the rest of the JSA as well, Dr. Fate included, 
I'm just kind of wondering why it needs to be that textured. It's almost like that first time you watch something in high definition, you're like, whoa, I wasn't ready for all that. Yeah. But I mean, you know, those grievances aside, there's a lot of stuff that I didn't ask for for this movie, which first of all was this, this movie, Uh, but we're getting it. So (laughs) I'm, I'm going to just sit back and I'm going to watch it and, you know, maybe I'll be surprised by it, which I think I will be. Um, hopefully it's in a good way though. Like I'm not, di- yeah, hopefully. I'm not dying to go see us in theaters. Uh, if, if it hits HBO max though, I'll definitely watch it. Yeah. Most of the DC films, you know, after kind of like what you have Marvel, I know like, uh, Dr. Strange and the multiverse is coming to Disney plus June 22nd. Yes. Uh, after they run through the theaters, they, do they normally premiere on HBO max 30 um, days later, I think. There it is. Actually, a lot of the original premieres for HBO Max, especially in 2021, were same-day premiere HBO Max. Uh, Okay. That most likely will not be the case for Black Adam um, because it wasn't the case for the Batman. So, which is good because I feel like the Batman deserved that theatrical run. And because Warner Brothers is probably looking to get that bang for their buck, they're going to do the movie theater release and then do the the release on HBO Max. So they'll probably start to mirror Marvel and Disney Plus in that manner. That's fair. The Batman was very good. Did enjoy that. Agreed. Agreed. It's been good. The subsequent watches as well, which I've really mm-hmm. enjoyed. Uh, I hope Multiverse of Madness holds up the same way because I'll be watching that as well once it hits Disney Plus. Um, in the theaters, it was good as well though. Mm -hmm. But honestly, I mean, you know, I'm probably much better versed in black Adam and JSA comics and stuff, uh, especially during the Jeff Johns run and the, you know, aughts, I guess they call that now. Um, yeah, I just wonder how excited are you guys not having the deep comic knowledge? that comes with it. Like, what, what do you guys think about the black Adam trailer? Honestly, the trailer didn't do anything for me. I mean, it's, I caught a lot of, I think you hit the nail on the head when you said it was the rock being the rock. There was a lot of that, you know, Hobbs and Shaw type of thing going on <laughs> yeah. in certain areas. It just, I, I don't know. I mean, not knowing the source material, it did not draw me in. Got you. I mean, you know, yeah, I'll, I, I'll, I'll watch it on HBO Max because I am curious because I love The Rock. I love what he does. Um, but then you should love know. this movie. You should be all excited about this trailer, right? Yeah, anything Rock, <laughs> it's, it's magic. Or Dwayne The Rock Johnson. I I agree with Eric though. I mean, I don't really know the source material that well, but you, you see the trailer. You know, The Rock's in it. It's great. I mean, I didn't see Jungle Cruise when it first came out, but I know, I did not it either. A little bit later. It was fantastic. A lot of dad jokes. Perfect for this show. Wonderful. Uh, I have not but, seen Well, Emily Blunt's in that yeah, as well, uh, who we, we love. Yeah, so. she's fantastic. But uh, I did... Wasn't uh, the last DC movie that came out Morbius? Uh, like, can't, you're no longer allowed on this show. No, that is a Marvel no, Legends no. film. Yeah. Where's okay. the boot? <laughs> yeah yeah so i just got kicked off the show everybody that's all i'm very familiar with the source material my apologies <laughs> but uh i i heard that got a, a resurgence the resurgence in theater because of the twitter trending 
Yeah. Uh, and yeah, a meager back to the theaters. Hashtag yeah, it's yeah. Mormon time. And so Sony, of <laughs> course, is like, yeah, they love it. They love our stuff. And everybody's like, no, it's it's a joke. We we were joking. Is that the first movie in history to bomb in theaters twice? I don't think I so. I feel like it is. I don't think so. Like a fact checker, <laughs> you've got homework now. Yeah, um, recent history, yeah. right? I mean, I know Tim and uh, Eric's Epic Adventure didn't do too well, but it plays great on DVD. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Matt and Eric's. Yeah, these these are you're referencing something that is clearly built for a cult following. Morbius was yeah. full blown yes. production uh, of two, you know, smokescreen looking uh, creatures. But, I don't know. But how Jared Leto is famous for those things. I mean, you know, Suicide Squad, Joker. Ugh. Uh, hashtag, uh, but, hashtag cringe. But that's, yeah, that we leave up the editing on that one. The editors ru- ruined that movie. Allegedly. So, speaking of Suicide Squad, um, there is a movie that has been announced as officially in development that is being what? described as Marvel's version of Suicide Squad. Excellent transition, by the way. And thank you. I've been working on that. And that is the Thunderbolts movie, which I am excited about. Like oh, when yeah. I saw this officially in development, I'm like, hell yeah, bring it. Let's let's do this. It's gonna be awesome. Did they uh announce a director with that? Yes, they did. Uh it's Ryan Johnson. He directed The Last Jedi. Stop it. Uh it's Jake Schreier, actually. Uh he is helming it. Yep, Jake Schreier. What is what's he famous for? I feel like I feel like we've heard his name recently. Um, unofficially, I think he's famous for Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. That you know what would not well, surprise me if that was true. Um, <laughs> no, but that's there's another well-known director who's actually responsible for that, and he does a great job. But um, now Thunderbolts is actually something that we had seen slated for release in the MCU. I think it's more Phase Five. Um, yes, but the Thunderbolts is actually really exciting because it it's a place where characters like Yelena from Black Widow actually get to shine. Um, hopefully, we get a Red Hulk to show up for that. That would be incredible. Uh, that's something that could spin out of the She Hulk Disney Plus series that we'll be getting later this year. I mean, the cool part about Thunderbolts is it really kind of just continues this like. The, the Marvel story way past where we're at now. Um, mm-hmm. And we get to do something with these kind of secondary characters that are being built up that are being built up to replace uh, the Avengers. I mean, you know, if you look at you soups get, for hire, uh, absolutely. Well, yeah. they, heroes for hire is actually the Marvel title of the comic book that includes Danny Rand and power man or Luke cage. Um, so there's a lot of stuff that could really jump out of Thunderbolts. Uh, and, you know, unfortunately, the actor who played uh, Thunderbolt Ross, uh, William Hurt, uh, passed away last year. Uh, so right. it could be difficult to get him to run the Thunderbolts. Uh, but there's, you know, Marvel's Marvel, and they have great ways of moving stories around in ways that make sense that we could get. They've got Zemo out there. I would oh, yeah. love I, th- I think Zemo's going to be your leader. Um, I think this is a way that they can... Th- this almost writes itself because you've got the Marvel Netflix properties, the Luke Cage, the Punisher, 
Um, Daredevil Jessica Jones. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, You're on it. Don't so forget Iron Fist. Iron Fist. Right. Yeah, the, yeah. Yeah. You've got those characters that can be put in this setting. Uh, that were put in this setting in the books. Um, one of the articles I read, it was on Screen Rant, it also noted that uh, depending on how they're going to do it, it would not be outside of the MCU's reach to um, throw Deadpool in there because they can't. It actually would not be that far out of the reach for them uh, to do that. Yeah. But, you know, historically in the comic books, what Thunderbolt started out was, was right after the Onslaught saga uh, in Marvel mm-hmm. Comics, all of the non-mutant superhero teams disappeared. And the Thunderbolts stepped in to fill that void. And they were actually the masters of evil dressing as superheroes to get public favor, <laughs> which was awesome. So you had Zemo. Mm-hmm. Zemo was a central character. You had Moonstone. You had, um, you know, Mach 1 and a bunch of other characters who turned out to just be evil, rebranded heroes uh, and found out that they enjoyed it. They enjoyed being heroes after a while and eventually wound up being led by none other than Hawkeye. So it it would not be difficult for the MCU to really kind of ebb and flow these characters right it would be a great spot for a lot of spider-man's rogue galleries uh it'd be a great time for tk to drink a guinness draft i mean these are all wonderful wonderful opportunities and thunderbolts is a great feel or it feels like a great place for deadpool to show up yeah yeah, especially if they don't have an X Force property on the horizon right away, which I don't, I don't think there would be a point to having a, a Phase Five X Force when they don't have X Men or anything like that yet. Yeah, you need um, that well, would be a good place for him. I mean, if you have Deadpool first, X Force kind of organically could come out of that. Wait, anyway, wait, let's move yeah. on to uh, Jurassic World Dominion. Do you want to? Uh, yeah, you want to handle it. You want to talk about the reviews for a minute. Well, so forty two percent of Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, it only stuck out at me because Steph and I have tickets for this weekend to go see it. And um I kind of on record of not really caring all that much about reviews. I'll make up my own mind, but the uh Rotten Tomatoes does not love this movie. Um But yeah, <laughs> but yeah. Oh good old critics, what do they know, right? Well and you know, that's that's kind of, that's part of it for me is, you know, they, the critics are going to say what they want about the movies that they want to say. Um, you know, whether you agree with it or not is, is really your deal and not anybody else's. Um, I've liked all the Jurassic Park movies. Um, the first one, it's a must watch for me. Anytime it's on TV, I stop what I'm doing and I watch it, which is really not good for productivity. Uh, but uh you know i i'm i'm looking forward to seeing the movie uh regardless of what the reviews have to say um you know the audience score is actually 84 percent, which is pretty pretty darn good yeah I mean, it hey. hasn't got review bombed for anything yet eric are, are you a paid critic <laughs> no see yeah you're the audience they're not making the movies for the critic no so absolutely yeah, you're right on par so 
you watch the movie, you value, you value your opinion. That's just, you're hitting the nail on the head. I mean, you want to watch the movie, enjoy it. You make your own assumption of, you know, watch the content, watch the story, and then you can review it as such. Well, not only that, but we're, we're not talking about something. We're not talking about a movie in Jurassic Park or Jurassic World that is really, especially the newer ones. It's not like you're going to the theater to see this movie because you want to get enthralled in this deep, rich story. <laughs> right. you're, you're not doing it. I mean, it, it, this isn't the movie for that. If you want that movie, there's something else that'll help you out. It It's kind of like the Fast and the Furious series. Like they made, exactly. you know, Fast 9 or 10. I know it's going to happen. Oh, what are they going to do next? Put a car in space? It doesn't make sense, but it's... Enjoyable. How ironic. Yes, that's probably what they're going to do. But yeah, I mean... <laughs> And that's the thing, you know, Jurassic World came out because everybody that was in their 30s when Jurassic World came out grew up watching Jurassic Park thinking, man, I wish that park existed. That would have been awesome. Oh, yeah. So what did they do? They built the park and they showed it to you and you got to see it. You got to see some fun action and you got to see a giant dinosaur, whale dinosaur eat a freaking boat or what. It, it was awesome. <laughs> Yeah, I I mean, imagine having that as like an amusement ride where you have to go through a cafeteria and velociraptors are hunting you. I mean, that still terrorizes me to this day. I'm 35 years old. Oh, right, right. You know, and it's funny because you watch this, you watch these movies as an adult and you're like, man, I don't ever... I hope the dinosaurs never come back. When I was a kid, I was like, man, I want to see dinosaurs. I want dinosaurs to live. And now I'm like, God, I was stupid. I want to live in the crustacean period. Let's go. Yeah. I don't even want to live in our period. Come on. Right. Better better health (laughs) care. Colin Trevorrow has directed this movie. Um, You know, we may or may not know him from from other things. Uh, I love that they're bringing the original Jurassic Park cast and the new one together. Um, I think that's going to be a fun tie-in. Um, you know, you're going to see the dinosaurs hanging out in the real world. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing <laughs> Doing it. Taxes. Doing 84%. Yeah, exactly. Doing I'm going to be taxes. in that 84%. I'm going to enjoy it. And uh, the critics can, you know, do what they do. So I'll, uh, I will report back on my findings on the next episode. Very I'm good. To hear that. Very good. You know, what, at so, the end of the day, I'll, I'll ride in on the back of Velociraptor. Very good. You're my boy, <laughs> Blue. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, let's talk about this. I mean, honestly, just real quick, it's it's very much. If you're a Jurassic Jurassic Park Jurassic World fan, this is more Jurassic Park. This is more dinosaurs. You're gonna love this. It's like a Fast and Furious movie, right? Or a Star I, Wars. Yeah, movie. yeah. Brandon, we were just talking about that. Yeah, we're okay. Like, this my, is Fast and Furious. My fault. I did, I did go on a potty no, no, break. Yeah. Uh, it's all good. Uh, you're getting old, you know, the, the reactive bladder. We understand. Okay. We're all getting yeah. old. Yeah. So, so, but we're saying, like, yeah, you're going to go see Fast and Furious 10 or 11. Like, what do they do next? Put a car in space. It's like. I'll watch that. Elon Musk see- already did it. I might as well watch the documentary yeah. at this point. No, but, but here's the trick. When you get to like Fast 13, you're going to realize that it's actually just a prequel series for Star Trek. <laughs> Let's bridge the gap. That's where it goes all downhill. 
Yeah. <laughs> and, and then you're watching red shirts on some website called PNNs with a C. It ends with a yeah. hub. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> All right. But honestly, though, I'm interested to watch. I don't, again, I'm more, that sounded bad. I'm interested to watch not the P hub, but um, <laughs> like Jurassic yeah, World Dominion. I want to, like, I just want to see where they take this because the last movie, uh, Fallen Kingdom, dinosaurs were in like some British manner. And then um, don't forget Jurassic Park, The Lost World. I mean, they had a T Rex in San Diego. Uh, so, all right. I actually watched that movie the other night. It holds and, uh, up. I don't care what anyone says. I love that it movie. It actually, yeah. I like it now than i did when it came out i thought it sucked when it came out now i think it's awesome you thought it sucked when it came out kid <laughs> wow yeah. as kids He's we grown- probably would not have been friends but i'm glad we're friends now because i'm too a, i'm like eric has grown a lot since lost world yeah all, yes also um they had like a very first kind of reference to like the a great gabby douglas in the lost world you know, Ian Malcolm, uh, his daughter was, I mean, she used gymnastics to kill a velociraptor. Who else does that? Incredible. Yeah. Incredible. Uh, so that was something I think aged very well. Uh, but then also Peter Stormare being torn apart by very tiny dinosaurs uh, was horrifying as a kid. <laughs> Yeah, that, that was the that was the worst part. It's like, God, just bring the T-Rex out, dude. I would have. Like, yeah, it kind of reminds me of that that movie uh mafia where uh a little kid gets torn apart by those little velociraptors inside the garden what yeah oh my gosh you don't remember mafia the spoof movie oh my okay yeah i do that's with um yeah jay god what is his name Vore. yeah that's where they uh yeah. he goes to get the gun out of the back of the toilet tank and he breaks the pipes and he gets covered in water. <laughs> and when he walks out of the bathroom yeah. stall, he's like, El Nino. Yeah, I remember that movie now. Yeah. Sorry, it's an estranged reference. That's it's one of those farcical <laughs> movies. You know, like, look, that's a yeah. great reference because they make fun of I'm sorry, I'm gonna follow it here. Um they make fun of the English patient. Is, uh, along <laughs> yes. the lines of the godfather right so he's in a yeah, car explosion 100%. but he survives and he's at <laughs> he's at some mafia funeral and uh his caretaker starts feeding him like tangerines or oranges or something <laughs> and everyone everyone starts puking because he it just looks absolutely awful and it's it's a hilarious scene but uh yeah anyway yes, so so back to jurassic park i am excited that they brought back you know sam neill um, the grand, age. the the grandmaster from Thor Ragnarok. Yes, obviously. Yes. Um, why am I blanking on his name? Who? Jeff Goldblum. Thank you. What is wrong with me? I am old. Uh, and then, he was also good in Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou. Oh my, he's good in everything. That's true. Yes, he's good in everything. Uh, and Laura Dern's back uh, as Admiral Hold. I mean, um, Ellie. Ellie is her name. Laura Dern is an incredible actress, and uh, she is yes. back. And uh, unfortunately, so is Chris Pratt, um, just to look dirty and ride dirt bikes, because uh, that's all he does and, in these movies. Um, but I'm yes. not mad at him. I am very well. That's the one. He's a good dinosaur dad, though. You know. Yeah, that's the gripe I have with 
the new movies is there's not a lot of depth to the main characters. Like even Bryce Dallas Howard is amazing. Oh my but god, she's not amazing in these movies. She's not in these like, movies. You're like, can you just Gwen Stacy it like uh, in Spider Man Three? Like you're supposed to yeah, she, because this like, character you, you sucks. Look at it, you're like, oh, dude, what are you doing? Yeah. yeah. Just she's spending too much time directing Mando episodes. She is such a good That's director. You know, which is really like, I hate to sound like this kind of guy, but she looks really good on camera. Like watching Bryce Dallas Howard on film is enjoyable. Like she's a good actress, but I'm just watching these Jurassic Park movies with her. And I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> Aside from <laughs> sprinting in high heels from a T-Rex with a road flare, which seems unbelievably yeah, stupid you know, rip, rip your own shirt yeah. yeah she's just channeling channeling tom cruise you know every tom cruise movie you know you can play a drinking game every time he runs you take a drink you're gonna be you're gonna be you know, dead John by the levels o- of drunk yeah you're yeah you're gonna you're gonna be dead by the end of the opening credits um but that's <laughs> fun but anyway but don't get me wrong i absolutely love Bryce Dallas Howard, I think she's incredibly talented in anything she does, acting and directing, especially. My God, Star Wars just needs to let her direct a feature-length film, uh, 100%. Uh, but um, yes. I don't always know what she's doing with these damn dinosaurs. I don't. I don't understand it. But uh, it's fine. Clearly, she doesn't either. All right. Well, she got a Pell Grant to study. And, you know, a Pell Grant. She community college it where everybody yeah. else was finishing their doctorate. Uh, it's fine. Correct. <laughs> Correct. All right. Well, listen, hey, let's go ahead. We're yeah. going to move into video games. There's a lot of news there. We are running long. I don't know if you guys uh, have noticed that. We're in hour 45 at this point. Um, I'm not hating it. I'm just saying. We are enjoying it's a long ourselves. Episode. No. It's a long episode. Yeah. Uh, but I definitely want to let Laser Eric loose on these video game news because there's something that's incredibly that's special scary. to me that I I really want to listen to. So here we go. Uh-oh. Oof. Is anybody else here really excited for the resurgence of a game from our youth? I'm sorry. Let me just rephrase. I'm always that. excited from the oh, game, yeah. the game of our youth. Uh, you guys ever play Modern Warfare Two? Huh. Have yeah. I ever been yes. cussed out by a ten-year-old in a multiplayer lobby of Modern Warfare Two? Heck yes. yes. Best Call of Duty. There is no comparison. There None. is no competition. And if anybody wants to argue with me, I will uh, win. So there yeah. you go. I like it. I, I like I it. I could redraw those maps in my sleep. Dude, I don't even yeah. have to. I remember the so, last time I logged in to play them, they had been completely hacked, and my heart broke. I knew they would never be the same again, <laughs> and now I have so, new hope. Yeah, they were hacked, and and you're fighting Thomas the Tank Engine. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so listen. So there's reason to yeah, rejoice so we... because Laser Eric, take it away. Well, Modern Warfare Two, we've got a release date. We've got more footage. Uh, of the remake which um, I'm excited for I believe it's I'm confirming it right now but I believe the release date is October 28th of this year we're going to have the Modern Warfare 2 remake 
Um, and uh, that's going to mark the 47th Call of Duty title. 47. Oh, I'm so in debt. Uh, I Activision. Think, I, I think it's unfair that they just started remaking things and naming them the same. 47. That's fine. So, dude, like, I, I was, like, Modern Warfare 2 is my favorite Call of Duty. I love the Modern Warfare trilogy. Um, the uh, this really got me because when they started putting footage out, they showed uh, they showed the original team from Modern Warfare Two. Yeah, uh, Captain Price. You've got Soap. Ghost. You've got Soap, Soap. McTavish. You got yeah. Roast. You got a couple of new guys too. But do they show Makarov? It's not the same story. Oh. Well, no not the same story because everything they've shown in the gameplay footage is it's it's not in like russia or anything it's more in the middle of the middle east there's a little bit of mexico Ooh. which isn't far off yeah it's um, in, uh, but north I, america yeah yeah yeah, yeah from um, just a little south yeah i i i think this game's gonna be awesome um i don't expect us to get a no russian mission yeah, so yeah that's that's okay they did it once i think i don't know if today's i don't know if gen z can handle no russian honestly uh, no yeah they... yeah the uh, only safe place for that is uh 4chan <laughs> yeah there you go yeah um, um i don't they might but, do it man uh, i don't know i think they might do it they might I'm going to find yeah. out that first day, so we'll know. Yeah, Eric, before you get into it, like Modern Warfare 2, I remember getting the special edition. I had the night vision goggles. Yes. With the soap McTavish head that you put the night vision goggles on there. <laughs> right, oh, my right. goodness. I love that. game, and, and those goggles worked great. We played paintball in the dark with them. I remember. Yeah, yeah they um, were awesome. I remember when Step Brothers came out. And they were wearing night vision goggles. And they were like, could you imagine if we had these when we were kids? And they're like, no, it's even better. We have them when we're 40. That's like yeah. right now. Like that's the life I'm living. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, and, and if you think about it, um, Modern Warfare 2 did a lot of stuff that other games didn't do at the time. Like you had, there was the mission where you had to get the drop on the guys and you jumped down from the ledge and you grabbed them and... It was either off the ledge or off the boat, but anyway, you grab them and you you, you choke them out and you strangle them and kill them. Yep. And yeah. you're looking into their freaking eyes while they're dying. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing comparable to that would be like Splinter Cell, where you kind of right, do right. The Splinter Cell. Like yeah, a little bit of God yeah, of War. The, the head a little bit of God of War when you, a little bit. Yeah. But I mean, you're um, right. Like that then, was you know that was groundbreaking at the time. I mean, yeah, they, there's not they a single... definitely they go ahead. They they definitely like they built a story around a game that isn't really known for having story. Yeah. And made it worth paying attention to, um, you know, so I'm 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 giddy for this game to come out. I'm hoping that it's as good as the last one or at least close. It doesn't have to be perfect, but I am looking forward to seeing uh what comes out of it now one other thing one other game we want to talk about games that shaped our childhood um there is i don't think it's fully confirmed but um if you look on the official xbox website 
there is a list of achievements now on the Xbox for Goldeneye. Oh. Which usually means there's a remake. Remake. Oh, man, we just lost Yeah, it. and that's what he meant to say, that there's a remake of Goldeneye in, in the works for Xbox. Yeah. I actually saw this um, beforehand. Uh, is it coming crazy through? Because they actually re... Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Brandon. Well, I was going to say, is it still... I was like... The, the... It's not published through Rare uh, anymore, uh, right? Like, I'm not sure who the publisher on that is. Yeah, no, I. Yeah, I, I think it's through through Microsoft in a sense because they remade GoldenEye on the uh, Nintendo. I want to say the Wii. I think it was on the, the Wii U. They remade... it was on the Wii U, and they used Daniel Craig uh, for yeah. the remake. Yeah, and. That, that's one of those games where uh, obviously that's like our first land party. You know, you're 12 years old. You invite three other buddies over to your house. You play multiplayer on Temple. And, of course, someone's always odd job. Of course. Of and course. Uh, and it, if you do sl- slappers only or do something silly like that, the odd job's always going to win. I mean, we still... We still do that now as people in our mid thirties when we have like, you know, drinking parties or whatever. Like, hey man, we got the we got the N sixty four set up, it's downstairs. Pick your four and you know, whoever wins from that battles this four. Like we have a tournament of champions on Goldeneye. Um, almost as much as yeah, we do on like the original Halo. Yeah, absolutely. I mean this this stuff and, we just and, and can't one get thing that we And one thing we can all agree to is when our kids are for me and my instance, my nieces or nephews want to play, we give them the broken controller. Yeah, I still do because that let's now. Let's be real. Yeah, they're yeah. not real teammates. I mean, yeah. it's immersion, but they're not going to understand how you can uh, go around, get the golden gun, and then become king of the hill in a sense. Yeah. Oh. So look at that. So it looks like Eric has been dropped and will not reconnect, but I think he'll pop back in later. Uh, but yeah. What we'll do uh, is we'll go ahead and we will just uh, move on because we know video games can't be done without Eric. Uh, Real quick, I will tell you guys what we were going to talk about. Uh, Apparently, the Gotham Knights uh, gameplay has been released and it looks a little underwhelming. Um, I want to love that because I'm a big fan of the Batman Arkham games, uh, but this one is not looking so great. So maybe we'll we'll get a new update on that uh, before next episode. Yeah, I'm curious to hear, uh, is he still called Intern Justin, or did you give him a new name? No, nah, it's Justin. Yeah, I'm curious to hear Justin's review on that, but um, his reviews from Assassin's Creed Valhalla were excellent. So They were. They're very in-depth. provided a good review. Very in-depth. Yes, sir. Uh, also, uh, Marvel's Midnight Suns adds Spider-Man and gets a release date. Uh, also, there is Goat Simulator 3, not 2, but 3. Uh, so that's kind of odd. Uh, and Flashback 2 was announced as well. So we'll look forward to Laser Eric, um, you know, kind of elaborating that on the next episode. Uh, but we will go ahead and hit up Toys. Uh, did you have some quick news about that? Yeah, definitely. So with uh, Star Wars Celebration, I mean, a lot of fun exclusives to the con uh funko had some fun like diamond grogu's which jedi john has enough you know to start a second family of course um, eh, yeah and uh 
one of the one of the unique ones that we just got news today. So uh, Hasbro, the Black Series, they had a Trapper Wolf character, which was Dave Filoni, uh, which was, you know, pre-order uh, came out before the con. Um, and it was famous because, you know, Trapper Wolf's in The Mandalorian. Right. He's one of the um, X-Wing, you know, police officers in a sense. X-Wing pilots that are police in the galaxy. Mm-hmm. And um, his fellow, you know, mastermind in Star Wars, Jon Favreau, got a, a figure release, Paz Vizsla. Um, and now that you know, he's, one of the, he's one of the Mandalorians, right? Yeah, yeah, yep. he's a heavy Mandalorian. Yes, has the has the infighting in between him and Mando, uh, with the armor. You know, this is the way through the whole cult. Um, they released his figure with the Favreau head, and uh, we were allowed to pre-order it when we we're at Celebration. We thought it was a Celebration exclusive, but come to find out, we're taking you know one QR code a, a day to uh, pre-order this thing, and then after Celebration concluded. Uh, it was open up to the public, but good news is it sold out. So <laughs> those who attended celebration, you know, had early access to get it. It's going to be retails for thirty nine ninety nine, and comes out, uh, you know, in the future, like a lot of those pre orders do. In the future, that happens. Yeah, yeah, in the year two thousand. <laughs> uh, for those Conan fans out there, but. We're getting to see that, and what's really exciting too is Hasbro had a stormtrooper with George Lucas's likeness, you know, stormtrooper with George Lucas uh, with his head. That's finally starting to ship. So I know Jedi John has one or two of those. I think mine ships here later this year. Uh, that's a fun little figure to get, and I'm of course, of course, do great on the secondary market, but it's really fun to see and. Uh, that's just kind of kind of the fun things. I mean, Lego also did release a lot of their summer sets. Kind of, he had mentioned in Kenobi with the uh, whole scene between Kenobi and uh, Darth Vader when Vader's running him through the fire, literally. Oof, There's a new yeah. set that comes out in August. That I look uh, forward to the that. The play set, yeah, it's, it retails for $50, but has a lot to be desired. Uh, I mean, it, it does give you Kenobi, Vader, Talia, um, but she's in her Imperial officer garb, which she's not in that episode. She does. You don't really see her in that, that garb. You, you, do, you, for, also get the you do for a hot minute and then she changes. Very, yeah. Yes. Yeah, but, it, but, and you watch episode four, she's in that garb the whole time. But, uh, the other character in that set, the figure is Ned B, which is the helper droid in a sense. Doesn't really have a lot of lines. I was going to say really nice it, figure. Uh, fair hmm. enough. Fair enough. Yeah. So, I mean, for a $50 price point, um, not too bad of a set. I hope to see it kind of like they had the, uh, you know, Book of Boba Fett, the throne room, and the dark trooper scene from Mandalorian. They had those at Costco at a discount, a 20% discount. I hope to see that $50 set at a 20% discount. I think that's more of a price point I'd be uh, comfortable with. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but with, uh, as we all know this in our real lives, supply, supply chain constraints, Lego prices are going up, you know, just, uh, like everything whole, else uh, excuses. I yes, think, sir. Oh, okay, it's fine. Right. Yeah. And I'm a supply chain analyst for a living. I hear that. So we're going to see some increases in prices in regards to Lego sets, but, uh, the contents there, I'm really excited. 
for the uh, the M1 Starfighter from the Mandalorian came out on June 1st. Excellent set. Uh, and we're going to actually see the Grand Inquisitor's ship. Uh, yes. With, you know, figures like Kenobi, Reva, uh, Fifth Brother, and the Grand Inquisitor. I'm so excited about. So. Very cool. Very cool. All right. Awesome. I, I think that wraps us for toys. You did a, a very stellar job. I think you outshine Jedi John, and uh, you need to let him know that the next time you talk to him. Um, be sure to rub that in. <laughs> so we, we will go ahead and skip comics only because um, our last episode uh, that we published, no, that's not true. Episode before last was a creator interview for Mindset. Uh, where it was a whole episode. It was excellent, by the way. A wonderful comic. So thank you. Thank you. That was a great interview. I look forward to doing more interviews with comic book creators in the future. Uh, so we're going to skip comics today and just move on into the Galactic Dads Network update uh, and as well as our Patreon shout-out. So stick around. All right, I'm really excited uh, about the Galactic Dads Network update because we kind of talked about it earlier. Um, TK brought it up, but our sister uh, podcast, the uh, Force Dyad, I don't know why I'm struggling here, uh, but the Force Dyad podcast was at Celebration, and they were there for the premiere of Kenobi, which was incredible. And TK, you were there with them. Uh, which is really awesome. And they talk about their experiences there as well as Kenobi episodes one through three on episode 29 of the Force Diet podcast, which you can go and find on any major podcasting platform. And then, of course, you can find the link to the show in the show notes here. And I highly recommend you guys go check that out because Jedi John and Obi-Shan Kenobi are just Jedi, excuse me, Jedi master level. Uh, fans and they go really in depth with all the cool stuff there Uh, much more in depth than we ever do on this show because that is not quite our fandom actually that's not true it is our fandom we're just not as well versed Uh, so we could hold our own but they're definitely don't hurt yourself Keith yeah they are definitely Jedi Masters over there Uh, so definitely go check that out actually and uh, TK you want to say anything about the Force Dad podcast while you're here yeah, so it's maybe the 29th episode. Um, Celebration was such a fun collective of fandom as well as information, you know, with what's coming up for Disney and the next phase of Star Wars. Uh, I think we talked about it in depth here a little bit, yeah, uh, with the silver screen of Star Wars. Just kind of seeing all the new releases of shows. Uh, Mandalorian Season 3, Andor, Kenobi. We got a little tease of Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is excellent. So uh, stay tuned for more. Um, it's going in a great direction. And Filoni and Favreau, you know, 2024, Filoni and Favreau, they got this. I'm actually, I'm just, they got my vote of confidence. I'm just wondering when they just take over all of Star Wars right there. And Kathleen Candy is just like, okay, bye. And they're like, don't worry about it. We got it. We got it. <laughs> um, and that's fine. I mean, she's. She is value added, though. I mean, Deborah Chow, the Kenobi, Deborah Chow, she directed those, you know, 
those first four episodes we've been watching Kenobi. I, I, it's a wonderful series, and uh, I hope fans, you know, yeah, they'll respect my it. sentiment. Yeah, they'll saying, respect it. Yeah, it, it'll be it's going in the correct direction. Yeah. yeah, I agree. I agree. All right. Well, uh, as far as our other uh, sister show on the Galactic Dads Media Network, the Comic Shop Couch, I'm not sure uh, exactly when the next episode will be out, but um, they're definitely working on it. They're like great stuff going on uh, with the Comic Shop Couch. If you just want to go check out some of their existing episodes, you will be highly entertained. Uh, but as such, that is it. We, as the Galactic Dads podcast, have some interesting stuff in the works. Uh, nothing that I'm in the moment able to, to announce, but as soon as I can, we definitely will. Uh, but we are kind of back from that um, unplanned hiatus that we've had uh, kind of earlier this year due to all sorts of dad fatherhood. issues and fatherhood and, and jobs and illnesses and, and jobs. And it's just really, stuff. really bummed us out and dragged some stuff out. But we are certainly long care. Long, yeah, right. Like my, my neighbor mowed his lawn. I was like, I can't record. I have to go cut the grass. Um, you have 72 <laughs> hours. No, no, you have Challenge. seven hours, and you had Before better be done. To the HOA. That's that's right. Uh, but anyway, so we are definitely leaning back hard into getting out much, much more content and doing exciting things for the show. I don't know if you have noticed, but we are on episode ninety-one now, which means episode one hundred is not too far away. So we are definitely looking forward Coming to hard and fast. Special some special things for that. Uh, we have just crossed 20,000 listens, uh, of the podcast, which is a milestone for a show like ours. That is essentially grassroots. I mean, we don't really do any too, too hard to add ads or anything like that. Like we, uh, this show is getting traction and picked up by people who enjoy it. And we really appreciate you guys for, for listening. Um, things like that however things that we also really appreciate are our patreon subscribers and today god damn it today is special because if you are a producer level patreon supporter you get mentioned on every single episode and we have one of the ogs not the og but one of the ogs is right here with us and i feel like did you get the agenda do you have the agenda tk Oh, yeah, of course. Do you want to run? Do you want to run the Patreon shoutouts? You want to do it all by yourself? Oh, I got this. Oh, yeah, do Perfect. it, buddy. Do it. Ladies and gentlemen. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, hang on. Hang on. This is very special. So what we have today is a Patreon supporter, one of the Patreon supporters, doing our Patreon shoutouts today. This is kind of meta, but it's awesome, and I just... I just want to go ahead and, and, and let you take it away, TK. Run it, buddy. Thank you, B and Eric. I got paid and glad credits for this promotion. Well, but, you know, where do we start? Yeah, you know, big shout out to Keith Jefferson, the OG Patreon supporter. From her last episode, I mean, Keith Jefferson works alongside Brandon and uh, he's everything that em embellishes a galactic dad, you know, reps emerged on socials and everything. Always, you know, shouts out to Brandon when, uh, you know, he's not on par with the uh, current trends in comics and such. But, no, it, Keith, Keith Jefferson gives support to the Galactic Dads every episode, 
all the social posts we see in there. It's I always hear your name, Keith, and as a fellow Keith, I appreciate you. And uh, I don't know if Eric and Brandon can chime in on this, but you are the OG, and I respect that. I will 100% chime in on that. Keith Jefferson is the OG Patreon supporter, and he came hot out of the gate day one with a producer-level support. Uh, and he is also a, you know, a self-proclaimed geek and a wonderful father in his own right. And, uh, man, his level of geekness and, and stuff is OG level. So we 100% appreciate it. It's unmatched. And his support. Who's, he, who's the Thank other you, guy? Keith. Keep on going, buddy. You're doing really good. Yeah. Appreciate it. Yeah, there is a uh, supplemental entry to this uh, gentleman by the name of TK31788501. Uh, he has many roles. You know, uh, he's a dad of uh, his plants as well as, you know, some vegetables he's been growing. Uh, drives a Subaru, you know, talks to B about those uh, troubles, you know, sees uh, how his Birkenstocks are coming in and, you know, what the newest <laughs> pair of Birkenstocks are, uh, as well as enjoys Star Wars and Marvel and uh, messes up Morbius, you know, God knows the. the correct properties for that but marvel we appreciate his support yeah yeah no it it's always enjoy i love uh talking with the uh hosts and co-hosts of this podcast i mean interacting with you all at a couple of the quad cons as well as being that little fly in the ear talking about certain content or funny memes i come across that uh enrich the show i can't say they make them better but at least it enriches the conversation in a sense. So uh, thank you to myself, right? For uh, Absolutely. Absolutely. Paying attention and uh, being sober enough to be on the podcast tonight. All right. Let me ask you, <laughs> let me ask you real quick before you're done talking about uh, TK31788 of the 501st. Uh, how do you think he would really want to be described and thanked uh, in a Patreon shout out? Yeah. So I think he goes, as you know, Kind of guy that every day wakes up, eats a banana and a bran muffin, and uh, looks at his schedule. You know, he's very time oriented. Realizes that task at hand is to, uh, you know, make sure that his lawn is mowed. Um, you know, trying to attend pudding parties and make sure it grows that that TK family. But you know, with uh, stormtroopers, they miss a lot of the shots <laughs> than they uh, make. So, you know, it, yeah, yeah. According to it's a uh, vetting process, according to Michael Scott and Wayne Gretzky, you miss 100% of the <laughs> shots you don't take. So, uh, just go yes, ahead and fire away, buddy. Yeah, no, uh, okay, aim, okay. Aim, aim small, aim small, miss small, but no, I, I, the Patriot, have enjoyed, yeah, it's uh, a wonderful, wonderful movie. Yeah. Yes, sir. I enjoy being part of tonight's episode as well as tuning into these gentlemen and their wonderful take on everything geek and the various fandoms. I do learn a lot because I did not know a lot about comics before starting to listen to this podcast. And uh, I'm glad to hear that. I took, a I took a deep dive and learning about the different covers and variants and version covers. And uh, yeah, I own a couple different Marvel version ones of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh, there's only one other cover I have to collect. So yeah, yeah. I think, I thank you all for that. So thank you, TK. Yeah. Myself. Right. Uh, <laughs> uh for listening and uh 
subjecting yourself and your support 100 percent. we appreciate it yes thank you <laughs> do you do you want me to go ahead and grab the i love you uh 3000 level or do you want to go ahead and handle that too i i will introduce him and then throw him off to you brandon all right all right so let's do it. our of you i love you 3000 level is joe president he's also part of the sister podcast uh comic couch comic shop podcast. couch yeah the comic, comic shop couch shop couch which Brandon alluded to, we're still in the works of the next next episode, so you need to make sure you subscribe and are tuned in for their, their next launch of uh, their newest episode. But uh, I know B can uh, talk more about his fandom. Of course, I can't leave this conversation without mentioning that B and Joe met each other at C2E2. That is start and drinking. As I, as I say that, I am taking a drink of Guinness. Uh, it, <laughs> That started a beautiful friendship that has led into much more. B, take it away. Yeah, so uh, obviously we we love Joe President. He is our I Love You 3000 level uh, Patreon subscriber. Uh, that gets you all sorts of wonderful access to the show, um, as well as being on the show. But uh, if you are a longtime uh, contributor and a great friend of the show, we'll put you on a whole episode just like TK. Uh, but you have to do a lot of, a lot of work outside that. But as far as for Joe, he is a wonderful geek. I mean, he's a Star Wars fan. He's a Batman fan. Uh, he is an everything fan. He's the type of man that works in IT that has run away from a burning van uh, that once held all of his own uh, equipment, but he survived okay. <laughs> Which is, oh, that's a throwback to one of our uh, episodes with Joe President uh, that when he was on the show. Uh, Joe is an incredible guy. He really is. He's, he's a good dude. Um, as TK mentioned, I met him in line at a comic con and, uh, became fast friends ever since it's been years now. Uh, he's a wonderful supporter, uh, and an all around great dude. So we love him. We love his support and we love all of you and all of your support. We could not do this show without you and we appreciate all of you and you certainly deserve this round of applause. So give yourself a hand, TK. Here you go. Thank you. We love you guys. We love you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. You guys have no idea how much you mean to us. All right, but listen, as we have gone through those thank yous, and yeah, everybody certainly uh, has earned that appreciation. We do want to tell you as we finish these beers and say cheers, we thank all of you for listening Please remember, do us a big favor. Like, rate, review, share, subscribe. Uh, no matter what platform you're listening to us on, uh, it's a huge help. Uh, you can go ahead and check us out on patreon.com slash galactic dads for those bonus episodes that we've talked about, plus exclusive um, you know, episodes and, and videos and live shows that only Patreon subscribers get. Plus, you get access to much, much more exciting content. And you get to possibly get your hands on some super sweet Galactic Dads merch. We're talking hoodies, t-shirts, hats, stickers, signed lithographs. Uh, what, what do you got there, TK? What else you got? When can we have the next AMA with Patreons? Uh, you know what? If we have enough Patreons asking for it, we can do it. I think next. I speak for the majority of Patreons. I think we can come up with some content for y'all because we have questions that need to be answered. I tell you what, any Patreon, <laughs> any Patreon subscriber does always have the ability to submit questions and comments on any of the, the thing or send us messages. 
uh, definitely feel free to use that feature. And I would love to jump back and answer uh, any of those and set up another AMA with you guys. Uh, if you are a Patreon subscriber, you get that ability, which is another great reason to subscribe. Uh, so definitely go check that out. Until next episode, we want to thank all of you for listening uh, and being a part of the show. And we really appreciate you. So thank you very much, TK, for coming on this episode. Thank you, Laser Eric. Yeah, thank you. You are always a wonderful Cheers. addition to this episode. And we want all you guys to keep an eye out. We're going to be doing some stuff locally uh, recording-wise in St. Louis that uh, we would really love to have you guys at. So keep your eyes and ears peeled for that. Uh, Till next time, keep on doing the dad thing. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.